since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Wednesday. We're coming to you live from our studios here on South College Street. My name is JJ Jackson. On the program with me today, I've got Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, our buddy Tim Gillespie here with us to open up the first part of today's program. Coming up in about a half hour, Barry Svaluga from the Washington Post will be a part of our show. We're talking about the PGA Championship, golf's second major of the year incredibly large storylines going into the event and our Washington Post friend will join us at 3.30 we've got our buddy Lindsey Crosby of Locked On MLB Prospects and Auburn Daily on the program at 4 to talk about the Tigers baseball season so far and to other things going on in the wide world of sports it's Wacky Wednesday we've got some fun festivities prepared for later in the program, birthdays and sports and a nightly TV guide, a ton to accomplish here on this Wednesday edition of the program again JJ Jackson with Tom, Brant, and Tim here to open up today's show. Tom, how are you? I'm doing great. Uh, sporting the Montgomery Biscuits uh, shirt today. We're supposed to be going to a game tonight. Uh, last night, Montgomery Biscuits game got postponed due to uh, health and safety protocols. Oh, wow. So uh, I'm kind of... I missed that. Yeah, I didn't notice that. Yeah, I've kind of uh, been keeping track on the on the Twitterverse to see if they're going to postpone this one due to the same health and safety protocols, but... Uh, we're planning on going. We got tickets, and uh, yeah, we hopefully we'll get a game in. So it'd be nice to get back in Riverwalk Stadium and see a little bit of baseball. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's a great time of year to see some baseball games. We saw the Auburn outside, baseball but... team win against Sanford last night in Hoover. They've got three games left in the regular season, and you're right, it is that time of year where it's like, man, it is uh, it's toasty yeah. outside. Brant, how are you? Speaking of being toasty, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. My uh, well. <laughs> There's a joke behind that. Yeah. My AC went out. Uh, You've been on letting the internet Monday, know about it Monday at Monday Brent underscore Daughtry. Yeah, I've been live. T- I've been tweeting through it because it's it's a coping mechanism. Uh, <laughs> I've been sleeping with box fans blowing on me the past two nights, but I uh, got that fixed up today. I uh, got a, got a new AC unit, and I'm pretty sure that that trailer has never had a new AC unit. I know it's never had a new furnace, so I got those uh, two brand new things put in there today. So pretty hyped for that. Um, that I'll be able to sleep in my own bed tonight and not sweat all over myself. Right. That'll be a lot of fun. Are you but doing it, well outside of that? Yeah, outside of that, I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Uh, you know, I had, had a slow day because I was at home getting stuff fixed up, but, you know, got in about eh, an hour ago. <laughs> so that is when my day really started. But, uh, you know, excited to talk with uh, with Lindsey Crosby and... Um, our Washington Post friend, yeah, Barry Svaluga. Yes. Yeah, I, I was like, I, I I know we're talking to a guy from the Washington Post. Yeah. I know he's a golf expert. I cannot remember. I know he's got a weird last name. <laughs> yes. I cannot, and I'm one to talk about weird last names, but I cannot for the life of me think of his name. But yeah, Gary Svaluga. Um, I mispronounced that. 
but close enough. <laughs> yeah, excited to talk to all of our guests today. Excited to have Tim in here for the first hour or so of the show, and you know we're. Ready to kick this thing off? We are ready to rock and roll. We've got a lot to accomplish. Tim Gillespie from Hometown Lenders on the Plains here with us hanging out. How are you? I'm doing great. It's great to be back in the store with you guys. No kidding. It is summertime. Things are heating up a little bit. You staying uh, You staying cool? You staying cozy? I, I, I am. I, I'm, I'm always, you know, after 35 years on the football field, I, I, I really kind of try to stay cozy as much as possible. Now. Yeah. So, but it's uh, today it's been kind of slammed. I had a great visit yesterday to our corporate headquarters. I actually got, actually got to meet with our owner, which, you know, is... You know, always a pleasure when you're at such a big company. But, yeah. You know, uh, and then uh, after subsequently after meeting with the owner today, and uh, I'm going to throw a teaser out there. Yeah. I just uh, I've spent the last uh, hour on a on a Zoom call with a producer from Hollywood, uh, and we're going to leave it there uh, because that's about as far as sure it's about as far as we are right now in, right. in in revealing anything. But I think what we've got going on, if it materializes, it's going to be something that's going to be very very interesting. I, I will say this it's not just about the mortgage but if we if we're able to get this worked out it will be something that will feature some of the most um iconic areas of the auburn and opelika area that that are very dear to the people in this area so it's going to be if it, if it materializes and uh, hopefully i can throw some little more teasers out as we go through this process but you know uh, i think it will be something that will be very interesting to the people of this area and, uh, you know, trying to keep up with sports as much as I can on the road yesterday and back. And, you know, my wife, she's not the sports fan I am. So, you know, I'm trying to catch some PGA news. Uh, you know, I don't want don't to scoop anybody. But, you know, I'm trying to listen to the, you know, what about the prices that are going on at the PGA. Yeah. And, you know, some of those things. And my wife's like, how can you listen to golf? I'm like, well, you know, I'm. I'm very, you know, into golf. She said, well, what do you mean you're into golf? I said, well, uh, Smitty and I went and played, you know, a week or so ago, and we were so into it, we saw the entire course. We made it a point to see every aspect of the course, with the exception of the fairways. <laughs> we didn't get to experience the fairways a lot, but uh, we had a good time. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to all the things you got going on. Y'all are playing Army golf. We did left, Lim. right, left. And the yep. dreaded words of a duffer like myself, cart, path, only. <laughs> there are three wor- the three worst words in golf are cart, path, only, followed by you're still away. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, and it all came into play that day. So it was uh, very interesting. But we took a couple of realtors out, and, you know, we're trying to do that some, not just, to, you know, where we can, you know, we had just kind of experienced socializing, not just yeah. the mundane, hey, let's go grab a bite to eat. And you really don't get to know each other, you know. So, you know, we're trying to do things like that and, you know, broaden out and, and do things like that. We call it like the lender golf day. There you and go. Invite a couple of guys out and go play some golf and and really get to know each other. Well, we've got a PGA Championship conversation coming up a little bit later, and I don't know necessarily that uh, you and Smitty were playing at PGA Championship caliber level, but it's always fun to tell some golf stories and that sort of – how frequently do you try to play, you think? Well, we now that we're here, we're trying to play every week. And, okay. you know, sometimes that doesn't get around. But, you know, as a coach, that was always your goal, but it never materialized. Um, and so, you know, when we got out of coaching, we said, you know, we, we need to do this and we need to incorporate it into, you know, and supposed to tell everybody, hey, we golf on Tuesdays. You know, it's a great cover. Hey, we golf with for business right. on Tuesdays. But uh, we have to pick our golfing partners carefully because if we pick the guys that are – 
really good, then they may think, oh, if these guys aren't any better at mortgages than they are at golf. <laughs> but, you know, to me, I'm that guy, and, and I used to play frequently. I can never say I was a good golfer, but I used to play frequently. Uh, and I'm at that point now where I'll, I'll be about ready to say I'm just going to sell my clubs, and then all of a sudden this really nice shot comes off and you watch it through the air, and all of a sudden you think, man, I'm a great golfer. It just hey, draws you there. back in. Anytime it's, you can make a good shot, it's that, yeah. there's this like hook that uh, I want to do it again, 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 again. Yeah. yeah I, JJ you know. and I are uh, actually, we have made plans. We have not set these plans in stone, but we have made plans to go one-on-one with each other in a round of golf because we both are terrible at it. Awful. And okay. uh, I, I say I'm terrible. I've never been on I've never played nine holes of golf in my life. I've done putt putt and I've done top golf. So you really don't know. That's true. If you're That's yeah. true. I, mean, I could be very, very gifted. Your at potential this point. has not been untapped. Exactly. Exactly. I will say that every time I hit with a driver, the slice is just bizarre. It just I don't understand. Then it's, it's going to be a important to strategically <laughs> yeah, angle, angle, baby. Yeah, and angle. JJ, play, your golfing experience. Uh, I'm the greatest mini golfer uh, known to man. I like see to that. Think. I could actually challenge him on. I'm I, I'm pretty good at mini golf. I'm about to get on I'm obsessed with mini golf. Uh, in I terms of real golf, I'm as lousy as it gets. You, you know, I, well, this is interesting. Thomas, I've played golf with mini Tom golf, before. Mini golf is real golf. It's one aspect of real. I golf. I love it. I love I love putting. Uh, but uh, put an iron or a club or a driver in my hand, and things are gonna yeah not well, great. You know, Tom Pinnock. Uh-huh. Who was a uh, he? He was the teacher of was it Arnold Palmer? Who was from Texas? He yeah, he wrote a book like called The Little Red Book, and it's a golfing book that everybody should have, even if you're not a golfer. But seventy percent of all the golf shots in a round of golf are from a hundred yards in. That's a good thought. Yeah. yeah. So you know, if you, if you, the 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 drive to drive for show yeah. and put for dough is is really a it's, true true statement. Right. Yeah. Because seventy percent of the shots, you're not. You know, you just gotta you gotta be money mm-hmm. when it comes to your iron game and being able to chip and and, and pitch and be able to putt. So I well. I am not one hundred percent positive that I have ever taken a swing with an iron of any kind. I don't. I don't think I've ever held. It's kind of wild to think about. Iron. We need yeah. to change that. Yeah, he's like I just never got into golf. My family was never into golf. My uncle did it. My uncle was a big golfer, um, but you know, I never went with him or anything. Well, you guys are still at the age where you can develop that, but you know, you get to a certain age if you're going to do something that's a social game. That you know, that's one of the lifetime yeah. sports. You need, you need someone to socialize with. Although, listen to this. <laughs> I wasn't. I was. I told you I was gone yesterday. I was challenged. To a one-on-one basketball tournament, Ooh, our okay. basketball game, challenged, Bye. called out. Well, the story is it was outside, it's backyard, and I was called an old man. Oh, old, old man, I want, I'd like to go one-on-one. And we went to twenty-one. This took place. This took. It wasn't place. a challenge. Like you took a, a, it. It went into place. Uh, yeah, it, we, we we got it on. The challenge was accepted. The challenge was challenge presented. Was accepted. The challenge was accepted, and we had the event. Yes. So the game began in okay. a flurry, a flurry of raining threes and <laughs> and and attempted dunks, and at the end, I prevailed 
by beating my eight-year-old grandson <laughs> 21 to 20. There, there you go. go. There you go. That's so, awesome. But uh, wins yeah. is wins. He he he's uh he told me he was gonna be he was gonna jive Moran me. He's he's a he's a basketball. John Morant. Yeah, yes. he's like, I, you know, and, and he tells me all these stories. He's he's like, he's like, Granddad, you got to get me into beat Bruce Pearl. You got to get me into meet Bruce Pearl. Like I, you know, I don't know. We might just have to show up there one day and see what happens. But you know, I'm so I'm zero for one on the week for old man challenge. Twenty one twenty though. I mean, that's a. Compa- I mean, dude, was it back the, and forth the whole way? He, no, he jumped out like nine to two. The, okay, the little man can shoot, but you had to cr- climb back into I it. I did. Then. I started hitting threes, and 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 then I took advantage of my, you know, my height, right? Uh, which is the only time in my life <laughs> I can say up, that on son. the, on the Post basketball court. Yeah, he's like, "Granddad, you're backing me in." You know, I was like, "Yeah, I gotta, I gotta get in the paint." Yeah. When was this? This was yesterday at about four o'clock. Prior to yesterday, when was the last time you had shot a basketball? Who probably sometime when I was teaching school in PE. Okay, but I, you know, um, and you can't tell it now. Obviously, if you could, you know, if we were on TV, it would be very obvious. But in high school, I was a basketball nut. I was a gym rat. Uh-huh. Uh I went to Notre Dame to basketball camp. I went to the Bob Davis basketball camp here in Auburn yeah. when I was a kid. Uh, and so met Enos Watley there. We were the same age. Now we weren't. We weren't in the same caliber. But, <laughs> but I mean, back then, you know, and, and and I was I was pretty much a gym rat, and uh, actually actually played a little bit on junior college. Uh, so uh, before I realized that, you know, at five nine and a half, yeah, it's just just not much of. A I went and played this weekend for the first time in forever, and basketball was my sport growing up, as I talk about all the time. And I could play pickup for hours, 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 hours. I mean, it was just awesome. And uh, gotten older, haven't been able to play as much. Had the ACL injury and surgery and repair a few years back, and just haven't been able to play as often as I would like. But boy, it was great to be back out there on Saturday. When's the last time you shot a basketball, Brant? Oh, it's been a while. I, you were talking about, you know, you were a gym rat in high school. Basketball was your sport. I never played basketball a day in my life. Like I didn't even play like rec league basketball. I, my family. Uh, is very out on basketball as a sport, and as a result, <laughs> I never really got into it. My my older brother and sister played when they're up until they were like six or seven, but uh, I never really touched it. We're we're a baseball and football family. I never played baseball, but I was I was the football guy. I have done like pickup basketball every now and then, but yeah. it's probably the last time I legitimately shot a like played a pickup game of basketball. It's probably three years ago wow that's i mean that's the last time i actually like tried in a basketball environment for me growing up i grew up in the very like seriously the middle of nowhere right and there was the nearest store was eight miles so the one sport that you could do by yourself was basketball so my dad built me a really nice square basketball i mean out of you know two by sixes and i I mean i and i i mean i had a really nice basketball go and had even square painted on it and everything so i mean it literally hours and hours and hours of shooting basketball as a kid just over and over because it was one of the things that you could do without having to have a partner so right you know that was one of the reasons that, i mean dribbling up and down the basketball court or dribbling up and down the driveway you know so uh it was it was just something that i had and i and i, I really loved it but i hated coaching it i coached it when i first you know when i when i first started coaching it was yeah, we're hiring you as a football coach, and by the way, these are your other duties. <laughs> yeah, and so I, yep. I and I thought, well, man, I can't wait to basketball season. I can't wait. I hated coaching. I don't know if it was inside. I don't know what about. It. I didn't hate the sport. I just hated. 
I don't know. Right. I just didn't. It wasn't the same as it was playing it. But so I continued to play it, and I did cross. I, I, it is important that I did execute a crossover dribble on my eight-year-old grandson. <laughs> that is important. It, I mean, I did. I executed, it and I called it. I said, "I'm fixing to cross you over." Right. You know, and he knew it was coming, and still he, he couldn't talks stop trash. It. Yeah. I mean, so you it, had to you had to talk back yourself. He talks it. trash. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. seriously, that's the game. I mean, he's eight years old, and he literally made like the first four shots. And 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 now I said when I was when I could play, I used to we play pickup games. I would shoot and go listen, you know, waiting for the shh. So you're, I pulled it on him yesterday, and I went listen, and it went off the it went off the rim. He went to what a clang. I'm like, dude, it's eight years old, and he's there. You go. He's talking trash. When's the last time you shot a basketball, Tom? Oh, maybe a year or so ago. I mean, we had a uh, we've got a hoop at the fire station. And I forget so, about that. Yeah, so uh, we we'll get out there and goof around. Uh, there for a while, we were playing basketball, kind of like the movie. The movie so we had yeah. spots set up all around, and uh, you know you had three, and if you made a shot from there, that counted as a single. Then back further, you had three shots, and those counted as a double. Then you had further back, which would have been about a three pointer. Uh, you hit one from there it's a triple and then what would be a half court shot was a home run right uh and you can't hit from the same spot you have to move around the quote-unquote diamond and so uh i mean you work on shooting from all different angles i mean it's it's a really neat game but uh we would play a lot of that and then play a little bit of uh you know one-on-one two-on-two uh horse pig Any of those kind of games? I mean, it, that's kind of how basketball is. Yeah. It's kind of like horse or pig. I make but, um, this shot, you copy it. Yeah. yeah. Did y'all ever play, uh, what is it, gotcha? Yeah. Yeah, if you you get everybody in Knock line. Knockout is get, another knock, name for knockout, gotcha. Knockout, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of fun games to play. Part, part of the other part of that other rule with with the way we were playing basketball is you make your shot, and just say you're trying to shoot from what would be a double. If you miss – the opposing team has a chance to get uh, a, do- a, a what they call a double play. If you tip it back in, if you, if you leave the ground and tip it back in without touching the ground, if that makes sense, so you know, a, a true putback, yeah. right, 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 tip or a true putback uh, counts as a double play. So if you shoot and you realize you're short or you realize it's not on target you need to haul your butt yeah. up there. Follow, follow your shot baby you've got to follow your shot to defend that tip back that's a little bit of, of touch from the old 21 back back yeah, in the yeah, old sure. days yeah yeah so yeah but that's what we would play at the fire department um uh we moved the goal uh during the fall got it out of the way and haven't put it back up yet so uh it was one of those portable ones and uh and we need to get it back up there and get out there and Give start you something shooting. to do. I yeah, like man. it, especially I, yeah. here in the summertime. Give yeah. you something to do. You're Absolutely. exactly right. We've got Barry Sarluga coming on our show in just a little bit from the Washington Post to talk about the PGA Championship that gets started tomorrow. Let's go ahead and we'll celebrate our birthdays today here on May 18th, 2022. It's time for today's Birthdays in Sports. Birthdays in Sports. Here we go. Vince Young is turning 39 years old. Gosh, he's getting old. Former NFL quarterback, selected third overall in the 2006 NFL Draft by the Titans out of Texas. 2006 NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year, a two-time Pro Bowler, and he helped Texas win the National Championship game in 2005. Tom, Vince Young is already 39 years old. Yeah. Well, I, I yeah. 
<laughs> I keep getting they I, I keep getting older in these kids the, you know the guys that I watched growing up are, yeah you know they're getting they're right older as well me, you're yeah. exactly right his number 10 jersey retired by the Texas Longhorns again that national championship victory over USC happy birthday today to Clint Capella who's turning 28 years old a current NBA center for the Atlanta Hawks selected 25th overall in the 2014 NBA draft by the Houston Rockets the 2021 NBA rebounding leader as Capella turns 28. Robert Quinn turns 32, the current outside linebacker for the Chicago Bears, selected 14th overall in the 2011 NFL draft by the St. Louis Rams out of North Carolina. 2013 first-team All-Pro at North Carolina. He was selected second-team All-American and first-team All-ACC in 2009. Happy birthday to Brooks Robinson Jr., who's turning 85, the former MLB third baseman for the Baltimore Orioles, an 18-time All-Star, two-time World Series champion, 1964 American League MVP, 1970 World Series MVP, 16-time Gold Glove Award winner, has his jersey number five, retired by the Orioles, a member of the Baseball Hall of Fame as of 1983. Brooks Robinson Jr. turns 85. And then finally, Reggie Jackson turned 76 years old. The former MLB right fielder played for the Oakland Athletics, Baltimore Orioles, New York Yankees, and California Angels during his 20-season career, a 14-time All-Star, five-time World Series champion, two-time World Series MVP, has his number nine jersey retired by the Athletics, his number 44 jersey retired by the Yankees, inducted into Baseball's Hall of Fame in 1993. Reggie Jackson turns 76. Brooks Robinson turns 85. Clint Capella turning 28. Robert Quinn turns 32. And Vince Young turns 39 years old. That is our birthdays in sports here today on May 18th, 2022. If it's your birthday today, we would like to wish you a very happy birthday as well. Tim, it's always so good to see you. Always glad when you could stop by and join us. Had a good time catching up with Smitty on Monday as well. You guys got a lot going on this time of year, as you said. Talking with folks in, in Hollywood. And, uh, boy, it's it's a busy time of year for you guys. It is. There's going to be a lot of people. You know, this is the time of year where people look to move to coincide with the end of the school year and prior to the beginning of the next. So, you know, we're right there on South College Street ready to help anybody that needs to do that talk about loan programs just discuss general financing things as you know in reference to their mortgage so you know if we can help you you know jj and the rest of the guys they they they, they announce that number and that address all day long so just listen to it give us a call come by and see us we all have links on the yeah the, as what did they say in that one movie the interweb <laughs> yeah you know the, something the, like that yeah something like that the internet what whatever gets you connected to hometown lenders just click that button do that but uh you know we we're your equal housing lender and nmls 200-6482 thanks again guys enjoy it and i uh, can't wait to listen to the rest of the show on the way out I told smitty i like the new sign out front driving by you guys are we looking do. official 1943 south college street stop by and say hello to those good buddies tim we'll see you soon okay thanks jj all right we've got barry Faluga from the washington post joining us on the other side of this break we'll be talking about the pga championship that's coming up next here on sports call Follow us on Twitters. 
Follow our sports call host, J.J. Jackson, on Twitter by searching at underscore J.J. underscore Jackson underscore. And follow the show on Twitter by searching at Sports Call AU. Hashtag, is that two words? This is Andy Bertram, voice of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app on this Wednesday. J.J. Jackson and Ryan LaVoy hanging out inside our studios here on South College Street as we want to go to our Auburn Bank phone line and bring on a good guest here on today's show. We've got Barry Sferluga from the Washington Post kind enough to chat with us here. Barry, we appreciate the time. How are you doing today? Great. Thanks for having me. Thank you for taking time to uh, chat with us. We want to talk about the PGA Championship, an event that's getting started tomorrow. Uh, As big golf fans, it's the second major of the year. A lot of eyes, as always, on this one. What are the biggest storylines that you're seeing going into this week's festivities? Well, the odd thing is that Tiger Woods is playing, and he's not the biggest storyline of the week. The the biggest storyline of the week is Phil Mickelson's Last year at the PGA in Kiowa, South Carolina, he became the oldest major champion in history at age 50, kind of the um, signature mark of his career. And a year later, he's decided to skip the event um, because he's embroiled in a controversy about his support for uh, a rival Saudi-backed golf league. And and he sat out the Masters. He's three times Masters champion. Um, Very rare for him to miss Augusta. So... A lot of the pre-tournament conversation is not about Southern, Southern Hills, the, the course they're playing, not as much about Tiger Woods playing for only the second time since November 2020. Um, it's really about Phil and his absence and the state of golf as a sport. Um, just kind of a strange set of circumstances going into the second major of the year. And, and with Phil Berry, obviously, this is a guy that is a Hall of Famer. This is a guy that... Uh, was the second most popular golfer in the sport behind Tiger for a long time. Um, And and just how surprising is it that, given what you said, I mean, this is a guy nearing the end of his career that had one more magical moment last year. Uh, Was this kind of on the radar uh, coming into this, that he would end up skipping this event? Well, yeah. I mean, he he went into hiding, essentially, um, earlier this season, uh, after his remarks to Alan Shipnuck, uh, the longtime golf journalist um, who wrote a, a biography of Phil, um, revealed that, that here's what Phil said about the, the Saudi-backed league that's starting. He was preparing to use it as leverage against the PGA Tour, but in, in outlining his case, he said, look, I know the, the Saudis are scary, and he used a uh, euphemism there. Um, I know they murdered... Um, the Washington Post journalist Jamal Khashoggi, but I've got to use this as leverage against the PGA Tour. It was just a, a insensitive at best, crass, non-feeling kind of um, very financial look at a situation that um, you know really overlooked all the human rights violations that the Saudi Arabian government um, it, it, you know is involved in. So um, he has not appeared in public since then. He is not 
He's lost endorsement deals. Um, I think it's surprising that he didn't show up at the PGA to defend his title because at some point, if he's going to reemerge in public life, this would seem to be the time. So I guess in that way, it's surprising, but it's, it's definitely been on the radar for several months. Looking at this PGA Championship, uh, it is in Southern Hills, a, a course that has hosted a few major tournaments before. Give everyone the rundown uh, of kind of the famous moments or at least the, the previous big tournaments here at Southern Hills. Well, I mean, the most recent would be the 2007 PGA that was won by Tiger Woods. Um, but the course has under, undergone uh, an overhaul since then. It's not quite the same course. Gil Hans, who has had his uh, noted architect, who's had his hands on a lot of famous properties, including Wingfoot, which uh, hosted the U.S. Open in 2020. Um, he's redone a bunch of it, brought some bunkers back into play, changed the edges of the greens um, so that they're going to repel a lot more shots than they're going to accept. But it's a it's a very good test. It will likely um, result in a leaderboard of guys with recognizable names because it, it tests so many different parts of, of your name of your game. So I, I wouldn't expect by by the weekend that you'd have a bunch of random people up there. I, I think you're going to have a, a leaderboard that um, is filled with guys uh, whose names you recognize. You mentioned Tiger Woods winning the last one in 2007 when it was last played at Southern Hills, and the fact that Tiger is expected to be a part of the competition and tournament starting tomorrow. What are you expecting out of Tiger as he gets set for uh, his second major tournament of the year? Well, it's really hard to say. I mean, he's only played the Masters uh, since 2020, he's whatever it is, 16 months I think removed from his nearly fatal car accident in, in um, Southern California. He's obviously got um, a rod and screws and, as he says, a bunch of hardware in his leg. Um, and so the Masters, which is a very difficult walk, uh, Augusta National, National is, is extremely hilly. Um, he went through four rounds there, and, and that was difficult. He said it was difficult at the time. He reiterated that yesterday. Um, 72 holes in over four days is going to take a toll on his body. Like, it's not going to take on, you know, John Rahm, who's in his 20s, or, or somebody like, like that. Um, he struggled over the weekend at the Masters, shot back-to-back 78s, and he finished 47. Uh, you know, you never know how much of that is attributable to attributable to uh, fatigue, but that's going to be his biggest issue. He's he's he can ha- he has all the shots. Um, he can still hit the ball uh, a long way, um, but can he hold up physically over four days? We don't have a lot of evidence because again, he's only played once in the last whatever it is, eighteen months. Um, so we'll see. He's always intriguing. He's he's paired with Rory McIlroy and Jordan Spieth, which is kind of a ridiculously good threesome on Thursday morning, and then. Friday afternoon for primetime coverage into the weekend. So it should be fun to watch. Let's talk a little bit more about that grouping because obviously it's pretty rare to have arguably the three most popular guys in the field in the same group. Usually try and spread that out a little bit. And obviously Tiger is a draw all into himself. So uh, what do you think of the PGA putting these three golfers, and arguably the two guys with Tiger, McElroy and Spieth, they were supposed to be, quote-unquote, the next Tiger as they come up. So what do you make of this this grouping? Well, it's pretty spectacular stuff. I mean, I think if you were at the course, it would be almost impossible to follow them and see um, every shot. But for TV viewing, it'll be great. I mean, as I said, they don't do it by accident. Um, 
and it, you figured Tiger would tee off on Thursday morning because that would put him in the afternoon wave on Friday, and everybody would kind of carry the PGA coverage, Tiger and Rory and Steve into the into the weekend. That makes for great great viewing. Um, and you're you're right. I mean, Spieth and and Rory have their own storylines going in here. Um, Jordan Spieth has won three majors: one U.S. Open, one Masters, one British Open. So if he wins the PGA Championship, he'll become um, one of the. I guess he would be the eighth guy to have won the career Grand Slam. Um, that would be an enormous accomplishment. And Rory, who um, is just an enormously talented player, uh, has four majors to his credit, including two PGAs but hasn't won a major since 2014, um, which is just kind of mind-boggling given this is kind of the prime of his career and how talented he is. And it's not like he's been in an eight-year slump. He's won essentially everything else there is to win in that time, but he's gone without a major. So getting back in that category would be huge for him as well. PGA Championship gets started tomorrow. We're talking with Barry Savaluga of the Washington Post here on this Wednesday edition of Sports Call. Looking at the PGA Championship being the second major of the year, I mean, what is the significance? Obviously, we're talking about uh, the idea of, of Tiger possibly winning or Spieth or Rory, but just for any golfer out there that gets the invite to participate in a field like this, Barry. Well, I mean, there's only four major championships a year, and this is one of them. So it might be, you know, the the least, the one with the least amount of luster on it because the Masters is such a familiar, uh, you know, it's always at the same venue, and it has all these traditions, and um, it kind of kicks off the golf season to begin with. The U.S. Open is um, always builds itself as the hardest test in golf, and, um, you know, it has a very distinct look with score winning scores that are usually right around even par, very difficult tournament. And then the, you know, the British Open or the Open Championship, as, as it's officially called, um, has its own distinction with always being played on links courses in the UK. Um, so maybe the PGA Championship is, is the fourth among the four majors, but it still counts and, and it matters to these guys. And, and in a way, um, it may be the strongest field of, of the year. Um, so a legitimate event at a legitimate venue with, um, as I said, maybe a, a leaderboard that could be pretty star-studded. And, and something that we didn't think would impact golf necessarily, uh, a few months back, Joe Buck announcing that he's leaving for ESPN Monday Night Football. It turns out he's going to be doing like a mega cast uh, for ESPN for the PGA Championship. Do you, think, do you like this idea? Yeah, I mean, Joe has – I'm on the Joe Buck – team. I, I think he's good at whatever he does. I know that's not a universally held opinion, um, but uh, he has, Fox had the USGA contract for a few years before they gave it up, and, and Joe Buck was the lead play-by-play guy on those broadcasts, and, and I thought he did a, a, a more than uh, solid job. So um, his involvement in anything in my, in my book is, is good. Prediction time for us, Barry. When when people try to go to you and, and, and say, "Hey, who's going to win a major like this one?" Where do you start? How do you kind of narrow down a selection and making a guess like this? Well, I mean, I have kind of a Rory vibe this week, but that might be just just me. Um, I think anybody would have to keep an eye on Scotty Scheffler, um, the Masters champion, who's the number one player in the world, who's won I think four of his last seven tournaments. Um, he has a history at Southern Hills. He played his college golf at the University of Texas. Um, he loves the place uh, and, and you know, has, has a little bit of experience there. 
he's on such a roll that in golf it's, you, you normally would say don't pick that guy because he can't um, he can't sustain that kind of role. But I, I said that going into the Masters, and, and he won it by three shots and was in control the entire way. So <laughs> it'll be interesting to see whether he can sustain it or not. Barry, we really do appreciate you taking some time to join us here on the program today in Auburn. If you will, let us know where we can find your work and let the listeners know about the great coverage you guys do at the Washington Post. Yeah, WashingtonPost.com uh, for any and all your sporting needs. Um, appreciate you stopping by. Absolutely. That's uh, that's Barry Serluga joining us here on the show. Thanks for the time today. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right. He's joining us here on Sports Call Tiger 95.9 FM. We need a timeout. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. Want more Sports Call? Check us out online at sportscallauburn.com. Welcome back into the program. You're listening to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM. And on the Tiger Communications app, JJ Jackson on the show today with Tom Peavy and Brayton Daughtry. Our thanks again, Barry Sferluga from the Washington Post, joining us a moment ago to talk about the PGA Championship that's getting started tomorrow at Southern Hills. A really fun conversation with him, talking about the event. A lot of big storylines with Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods. Phil, of course, won the event last year as the oldest major champion tom but mickelson will not be there we will see tiger woods performing however yeah uh yeah the phil mickelson thing uh, you know a lot of controversy going around with with that whole deal but uh i i think most people are going to be talking about tiger woods uh as it is anytime he's around in a tournament uh so tiger's going to be that and then uh you know some of the groupings that the, the pairings that they have are, are going to be phenomenal uh the crowds are going to be into it it's going to be something interesting to watch and uh you know we part of our monthly predictions was was who we thought was going to win the pga championship and, you know and it's just one of those that, that golf is just so hard to predict a winner to because it could be it could be one of the superstars it could be one of the tops in the world like like a, a, a Justin Thomas or, or a Scotty Scheffler or something. I mean, it could be any of those guys, but it could be somebody out of the complete blue that you've never even heard of in your life just has the tournament of right. their life and, and becomes a major champion. And, and that's the cool thing about golf like that is that these major championships and just how evenly matched everybody is that it that you could have somebody – you could have a complete unknown – become a major champion uh we saw that with jason duffner now uh you know duffner uh had made a name for himself but he had never won a major i mean he had won a couple tournaments here and there and and of course he had kind of that that i guess the personality so the tv was kind of with him there right. on that but still when he won that mate when he won the um uh but what did he he won the was it was it the u.s open no was it british no Oh, Let's do gosh. some research. Yeah, I, I just like completely drew a blank. It was not the P, or was it the PGA Championship? C- 
goodness gracious. I have never felt more useless in my entire life. It was the 2013 PGA Championship. It was, okay, it was 2013 the P- PGA Championship. It was championship. the PGA Championship. Man, I, I, well, you know, the thing is, where I lost my mind there is I was like, I was thinking it was the PGA Championship, but I was thinking it was a, turn, a, a major that he won, like, towards the back end of the season, not... Right, right here the second in the major of the year. Yeah, yeah I, for some reason, I was thinking it was like the end. Um, but, you know, Duffner wins a major. Yeah. I, you know, it, it, it happens in golf, and that's what's so kind of cool to watch that and follow to see if the unknown guy is going to come up there and, and become a major winner. Or if you have one of the tops in the world that just really kind of puts their foot on everybody and shows why they're one of the best in the world. And the pairings that we're going to have tomorrow are what's exciting, too, with Tiger Woods, like we talked about with Barry Sreluga being paired with Roy McIlroy and Jordan Spieth. As Ryan said, those two guys at certain points in their career were deemed the next Tiger, and now they're getting to play. Spieth won victory at the PGA Championship, shy of completing the career Grand Slam, and then Rory has been absolutely great. We made our monthly predictions uh, going into the month of May and we were asked who would win the PGA Championship. You can find that on our Twitter feed right now at Sports Call AU. Who did you predict, Tom? Do you remember? I, I don't remember. For some reason I want to say John Rahm. He's a very good golfer in this day and age. That would be wise if you did. And in fact, you did pick John Rahm. Okay. Good job. There you go. A good job, but it hasn't happened yet. We hope <laughs> oh, it's going to yeah. be a good job for you. But my my master's prediction was a complete flop. Yeah, he had like one of the. I don't know that we've ever battling it. I don't. It's I what's exciting about injury. these these monthly predictions that we've been doing for years. Again, for our monthly predictions, we go before the month even starts on various events. And you have no idea, injuries, storylines, whatever. And uh, it's just a fun thing, fun project to do. And so I don't know that we've ever had someone get a golf prediction correct with some of these major tournaments. Joe Buck making his ESPN debut with a major telecast. What do you think about that? To, To get more viewers on golf, ESPN is going with Thursday and Friday coverage hosted by Joe Buck featuring Troy Aikman, Charles Barkley, Peyton and Eli Manning, Fred Cup. A lot of big-name celebrities are going to be a part of that telecast. They've never done something like this before. Uh, no, they haven't. And and that will be interesting to see. And that, that's just those names alone being a part of this are going to draw viewers in. So uh, I, I'm definitely interested to see Charles Barkley. I mean, when, when he gets on there, it's very unpredictable what might come out of his mouth. So <laughs> it, it will be interesting to see. I dare say. I dare say. Are you intrigued by that at all, Brent? I am, actually. I, I, you know, it's no secret. I'm not the golf guy on this show. But uh, I, I'll watch anything with the Mannings. Uh, they're so good. And obviously, Charles Barkley is one of the best to do it right now. So uh, I absolutely, I'll, I don't know if I'll watch it live, but I will uh, absolutely be looking for the highlights. Yeah. No, they're going to have highlights. It's going to be. Yeah. I think the, you, a, you know that Charles like Barkley is going to say something just insane and, and that's going to make the are going to be going all over twitter you yeah. if you if you're not yeah, yeah. watching you'll be aware of uh, what's happening which so, is which is how i follow a lot of sports in in this day and just age just keep up with social media yeah man it's the good thing to do i have not watched a single playoff basketball game i'm interested to know who wins right. and it, it, like during the finals i will probably watch every single game but just at the moment you know, I'm yeah. just kind of I, I i say that i'll probably start watching now right. i'll probably start watching we games now we are in the now, conference but, finals yeah but uh 
but yeah, I mean, yeah. You, you, I, I have been able to keep up with the storylines because of social media, and you know, I'll do the same with this event. Right. Uh, we saw the Miami Heat win Game One of the Eastern Conference Finals last night over the Boston Celtics. Jimmy Butler, really Later good. Tonight we've got the Golden State Warriors and the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, we've got coming up uh, tomorrow as well because it's Thursday. Uh, Auburn baseball will open up their final series of the regular season at Kentucky. Our good buddy Lindsey Crosby is going to join us coming up at the net start of the next hour to talk about that baseball team and he's going to hang out for some wacky Wednesday topics with us as well oh, uh, and then we've, we've just got a lot to accomplish still remaining first time in the studio show. and you're going to put him through that gauntlet he's going to go through that gauntlet yeah you got to welcome right. people in the I don't know what. what I don't know what today's wacky Wednesday I knew last week's right but I uh I had no idea. And I told no a lot of the coming. office yesterday, and I think you were actually there in earshot, so you must not remember. I do. Well, yeah. oh, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. But we're I'm not telling it. him. We're not telling him. We're yeah. not telling Lindsay. Right. We're, they're going to figure it out. Right. Is Benefits this, of working here full time. Is this going to involve eating something? No, okay. no, no. No, food, because no then I wouldn't be taking be part. Consumed. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, we'll. Uh, no more. No more. We still got a way. So we still got a way. So your phone calls are always welcome. Three three four eight eight seven thirty four zero one or toll free one triple eight nine tiger nine to be a part of the program. And again, thanks to Barry Sferluga for joining us on the show a moment ago to preview the PGA Championship. Go read his work, WashingtonPost.com. All right, that brings us to the end of this opening hour of Sports Call on a Wednesday. When we come back, we've got some baseball talk. The Braves going for the series win over the Milwaukee Brewers. We'll give you some updates if you're not already listening on our sister station, AM 1230 WAUD, right here in Auburn. Alongside Brant Daughtry and Tom Peavy, I'm JJ Jackson. One hour in the books, and we're rolling. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call starts right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson on the show today with Tom Peavy and Brant Daughtry. One hour in the books. We've still got two to go as we're having fun on this Wednesday. And now joining us inside our studio, Lindsey Crosby, good friend of the program, host of the Locked On MLB Prospects podcast, back with us. What's going on, Lindsey? Uh, not much. I am doing okay, except for the Atlanta Braves 
decided yeah. not to uh, preserve a, a save in the ninth. Yeah. Kenley Jansen, first blown save of the year. And uh, trying to win it right now in the 11th. Mm-hmm. We'll see if they're able to get that done. How much have you enjoyed watching the Braves this season? It has been... So, one, it's been a little bit cathartic because I, I, I got to sit there and just revel and say, yeah, we're the world champions. You know, like, can't take that away You yet. can never take that away from me, yeah. which I say that. MLB will try. Rob Manfred will find a <laughs> way to do it. But, no, it, it's been really fun trying to just not only watch, but then watching from the perspective of a guy who covers prospects every day. And so thinking about the guys that I'm watching and how they might fit into this lineup, things like that. So I'm sometimes I have one eye on this and one eye on a random single-A game for the Pacific Coast League. But <laughs> at the same time, it's just it's been fun to watch this team and, and just – revel in the enjoyment of of being a world champion but okay to have frustrations as well right because i mean obviously they are the defending champs they're not in first place right now they're tra- they're chasing the new york mets and i feel like they're probably going to be chasing the new york mets for most of the season the mets have they have not metsed it up yet <laughs> so so they have they have not gotten to their year their scheduled yearly collapse yeah it's we're not there yet. It's, yeah. it's got to be a little bit warmer. You have to. I think you have to pass ninety five before right, the Mets right. can mess it up. Okay. Yeah, but at least a third of the way into the season before they start just tumbling, something like that. And I think like right now the bigger concern that I have is that the Phillies, at least the weekend over that they just had against the Dodgers, they look like they figured out how to play offense and have gotten to the point where they don't need to play defense. And so now I worry. Yes, the Braves are falling behind the Mets, but are the Phillies on their way up here now? And you're about to have to fight for second versus trying to fight to get back into first. So after last year and after being uh, not in first for so long and not even over 500 until after the midpoint of the year, it's hard for me to panic this early. Uh, but we can be cognizant of the fact that, yeah, you've got a you've got a lot more competition this year than you had last year. Just injuries, though, I think is kind of what people go back to, right? I mean, is that the biggest thing with Atlanta this season is – Golly, they can't catch any luck in that regard. Yeah, like getting Ronald Acuna back, and then he misses three or four games with a groin ailment. He's He's been in there. I watched him in, I think it was the eighth today. He didn't quite look like the same guy just trying to run to get a, a ball in the gap today. And and you have that, and then you, it's Mike Soroka may never come back yeah. for all we know. Uh, Tyler Matzik just went on the injured list with an inflamed ERA. Like, you know, just lots of things going on, and, and it's – a little bit of bad luck, it feels like. How do you feel about the Braves, Tom? Uh, As he wears the biscuit shirt in the yeah. studio. <laughs> uh, I, I'm the same way. I'm not in panic mode yet because I saw that this team uh, really kind of scuffled through the first half of the season. Uh, you mentioned they didn't even have a – they were one of three teams that had not even had a winning record the entire season up until they finally got that after the All-Star break and then, of course, after that trade deadline where they brought in a lot of key pieces. So I'm not panicking yet, but it feels different for some reason. I, I don't know why. It just seems like uh, you've had the injuries stacking up, um, a lot of inconsistency with some players that you really expected some big things out of. Uh, I mean, you never know from day to day what you're going to get out of Dansby Swanson. Right. I mean, is he is he going to look like an all-star, or is he going to look like a double-A player? Like the guy who leads the league in strikeouts Exactly. Right now. Yeah. So you just don't know. And I don't. it just feels different, but I'm trying not to panic. But it – does feel a little bit different for some reason. I think part of the reason it feels different for me is last year the expectations changed. Right. Because you lose Ronald Acuna soon after the All-Star break and it's, okay, well, we don't have Ronald Acuna. We haven't even been over 500 all year. You weren't expecting much. And then they go out, completely remake the outfield on the fly, 
and it works. Right. And from the trade deadline on, the Braves have one of the three best winning percentages in all of baseball. Yep. And so I think for me, part of the reason last year was so special was because I'm not going to say I gave up hope, but I had kind of resigned myself to, okay, we're probably not making the World Series this year. We're yeah, probably yeah. not making the NLDS this year, NLCS. And then they won the whole thing. So this year felt a little different because you were at what you thought was full strength heading into the season. And, and I guess another thing that for me that it feels different, you are still missing some – you're missing some key components from last year. Obviously, a lot of those key components were part of that trade deadline, which you'd, it was going to be a minor miracle if you were able to hold on to uh, uh, or a Soler or a Jock Peterson. I mean, it's going to be difficult. Mm-hmm. But you know you 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 lose out on on a guy like Freddie Freeman that kind of sucks the wind out of you. Uh, then you lose the other pieces there. So it just when you look around that team, it just it feels. I mean, there's still some of the faces there. You've still got Albies. You've still got Riley and Dansby. But outside of that, it's like, well, you know, man, it just feels like so many folks are gone, and it just feels different. And it, as you watch them struggle, it almost kind of feels like, well, yeah, yeah, kind of saw this, kind of saw this coming. It's still weird to say because the players that you just mentioned, Solaire and Jock Peterson, only played half a season right. in Atlanta. But they, Freddie fu- Freeman is no, one not thing. Less than that. But yeah. you've got so much, I guess, joy memories, joyful memories yeah. because they were there to help win the World Series for the club. It's just and, a different ball team. And, 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 the, and the other thing is, uh, is uh, Ozuna was not even there last year because of his right. legal stuff that was going on. Mm-hmm. So now you got Marcel Ozuna back. But, you know, it almost feels like, eh, you know, hi. Right. <laughs> Welcome back. But you just weren't part of that thing last year. And it, it just feels different. And, and again, I'm not panicking. I, I'm still on the Braves bandwagon. I'm a Braves fan. I hope that things will go better for them, but it just their struggles this this year, considering or uh, compared to last year, I just felt better about the team last year with all the pieces that were there. I felt better than I do this year. Let's take your phone calls three three four eight eight seven thirty four zero one or toll free at one triple eight nine tiger nine if you'd like to call in and be a part of the Auburn Bank phone line. I got a couple more thoughts on the Braves. Then I want to take a break and we'll talk some Auburn baseball and get more into the prospect stuff because we got to set Tom up for a trip to the Biscuits game here tonight. You mentioned Dansby Swanson, Mm -hmm. who is an absolute fan favorite. And I think in a lot of uh, Braves fans' eyes, sometimes he's hyped up to be a little bit greater than he actually is. This is a guy that was the number one overall pick. From the prospect perspective, Like, how do we evaluate Dansby's career to this point? So when you're taking a guy at 1-1, you're looking for somebody who is going to show all five tools and is going to be, if not a generational talent, at least an all-star competing, uh, you know, perennial uh, perennial all-star great player. And Dansby Swanson has, to that standard, not necessarily met that, but he has met what you would look for from a 1-1 as far as leadership, as far as production, and as far as what his team has done with him a part of it. And so it's this is a really interesting decision the Braves have, whether to re-sign Dansby Swanson or not, and how much money to devote to a player that right now leads the league in strikeouts. But like we mentioned before I came on air, uh, if they don't have his defense in the game today, this, this game is not an extras. They lose by three. And so... It's a really tough decision. I don't look forward to uh, what Al- what Alex Anthopoulos has to do because I know that he'll he'll have the exact right amount figured out from a formula. Right. Don't exactly what to spend, but 
I do know that the farm system as of right now isn't prepared to replace Dansby Swanson next season. And so if you don't re-sign Dansby Swanson, you have to either find a veteran and bring them in while you work on one of your two younger guys that you have, something like they did for Brandon Phillips, uh, transitioning to Ozzy Albies at second. You have to do something like that. I totally forgot about the Brandon Phillips year. Oh, it was so much fun. I, I, I enjoyed <laughs> I the Brandon Phillips year. about the Brandon Phillips year. It was so much fun. They had him at shortstop first, Dansby came up, and then they moved him to second, and then... Ozzy came up and they shipped him out. A lifelong off the red line. wearing Braves uniform. For I mean, it was just it was tons of fun. Wow. Wow. Well, I, I'm just sitting here looking at the Braves' top prospects, and I mean, you, you have to go all the way down to number six on their prospect list. Yeah, so it's Braden Shoemaker. Uh, Braden Shoemaker. Braden Shoemaker and yeah. then Vaughn Grissom are the two options. Yeah. And really, with those two guys, it's like we don't have the full picture yet. So Braden Shoemaker's offensively struggled quite a bit. And it's something where he looks just like Dansby Swanson. Like, literally, if you pull a picture, the (laughs) Braves have a type. And it's it's Braden Shoemaker, Dansby Swanson. but (laughs) The Charlie Culberson. The Charlie Culberson. Could Charlie Charlie just come back and play shortstop (laughs) for a year? I mean, like, they all look kind of the same. Yeah, they all look the same. And so... So defensively, he has a lot of that Dansby game and um, leadership qualities, things like that. But offensively, he hasn't quite panned out where you would want someone to do before you bring them up to MLB. So you need somebody to, to transition from Shoemake, or sorry, from Dansby into Shoemake, a guy in the middle. And then after him, you have Vaughn Grissom. And both those guys have had questions whether or not they can even stick it short long term. I right. think Shoemake probably can. Grissom, we weren't as sure on until this season. He's looked pretty good this year. But both of those guys are, you didn't even know if they were going to be shortstops when the right. season started. And you're on the final year of your of your shortstop, who was drafted at 1-1 and got the money that came along with that. And is represented by the same agent as Freddie Freeman, and we saw how those negotiations did not successfully go with Atlanta. So, a lot to consider. Now I'm there. worried. I wasn't. I wasn't, and now I didn't know that element to it. But yep. uh, that does make it a little bit interesting. Brewers just hit a walk off homer off of Jesse Chavez. Braves fall seven yeah. six. Yeah, not a bad pitch 11. either. Eleven. Not um, a bad pitch. Fastball at the bottom well, of the zone. He that would make went down and grabbed. That it. would make our own Bill Bailey a happy man. Yeah, he's he's he's, he's, he's happy, our, but. Our, our resident Wisconsinite that loves the Brewers. Or not. Um, so, with that being said, what's what's the prediction on Dansby? Is he going to pick it up this season? Is it Why is he struggling so much? So, part of me thinks that Dansby Swanson is struggling because he's trying to do too much. He is... I can see that. He's feeling the pressure of, of no Freddie Freeman. He's now the longest tenured Brave on this team. And so, I, a part of me thinks that and it's not so much that he can't handle handle the leadership aspect. He can, but I think that at the plate, he's been pressing. He's been trying to do too much. He's been trying to replace the power production of Freddie Freeman, especially because Matt Olson hasn't, as far as home runs and things like that goes, hasn't performed as we thought he would to this point in the season. And so I think he's trying to do too much. Plus, there's a book on him. There's a book on him that that you know he struggles picking up spin sometimes he struggles especially when you want to elevate a breaking pitch that's something that's become more in vogue this year is elevating breaking pitches in the zone and that's always been a weakness of his so i think part of it is who he is as a player and the way the baseball shifted and part of it's just him trying to do a little bit too much i have exactly zero belief that the fact he just got engaged is why he's struggling anybody who says that anybody who says that i don't think is right it's not the fact he's getting engaged the man's happy leave him alone <laughs> is the internet saying that is there a conspiracy the theory? internet says a lot of they, things I, does say everything, I have I seen guess. people saying because he got engaged to ever since he got engaged to mallory he has not hit the same <laughs> And I'm like, listen, 
he hit pretty decently last postseason. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yes, he did. Not that. You know, yes, I, I wonder if it's kind of like because you know, he set a franchise record for home runs for shortstops mm-hmm. last year. I'm wondering, like, is he trying to break his own record? And he's going, he's trying, he's going up there, trying to hit it out of the park every time. And you, ha- you have to wonder. And I don't know. I, I'm not a baseball coach. I'm not a baseball analyst. But you have to wonder: is that going through his head? Is he trying to hit 30 home runs this season? And it, and like you said, replace the power numbers that Freddie Freeman had. I do think part of it is. The fact that you have a dead in baseball combined with the fact yeah. that his approach Lord. has been more of a what are you talking about? The baseball's exactly power. the same. The baseball's <laughs> been the same the last fifteen years. What do you mean? I got a minor league ball the other day, uh, actually from Montgomery. Turns out the double A balls are made in China. I had no idea. Wow. Really? It's like stamped right there on the ball. I'm like, wait a second. They've made such a big deal out of the baseballs, and they they purchased Rawlings to have control over the process. Mm-hmm. The double-A balls are made in China. They're not even made domestically. What How does that doing? make sense? Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me. Because AAA started using the same ball that the majors have, right? AAA is in the major league ball, and I really think they need to expand the major league ball to double-A as well. And that's one of the things they yeah. said they were going to do when they bought the factory, and then once they were could get past COVID and could fix the supplies, they were going to go back and expand so that all of the upper miners had the same ball. And mm-hmm. I think that's kind of the way you should do it because double A is the real divider between what's closer yeah. to the bottom of the miners and the top of the miners. And I think double A needs to have the same ball triple A does, especially when you see guys that come up from double A straight to the bigs. Let's take our first commercial break of the hour. Our buddy Lindsey Crosby is here with us. Talk a little bit about the Auburn Tigers. They picked up a baseball win last night. Three games left in the regular season. Wacky Wednesday still to come at the top of the next hour. It's a whole lot of fun here on this Wednesday. Give us a call. 334-887-3401. Back in a moment here on Sports Call. J.J. Jackson and the guys want to hear from you. Give them a call to join Sports Call at 334-887-3401. I'm Britt Bowen, voice of Auburn women's basketball and Auburn softball. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Wednesday edition of Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM. J.J. Jackson, Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, Lindsey Crosby's here with us. Sports Call can now be heard on Amazon Alexa devices. Open the Alexa app on your iPhone or Android. Tap the menu icon at the top left. Tap skills and games in the menu and search for Sports Call Auburn. Select the skill. Tap enable to use your done. All you have to do now is say, hey, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn, and you're listening to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Speaking of Auburn, Auburn, Coach Thompson's baseball team played in Hoover last night against Samford, and uh, the Tigers walked away with a victory. What was significant about uh, about the performance on the field yesterday? So, Anything? So for me, I think one of the big things was Nate LaRue continues to throw out just about every single person that's trying to steal against him. Yeah. I, at this point, I do not know why you try. Yeah. Um, I, I want to say he's allowed maybe two stolen bases since he's been put in as the starter and only one in SEC play. Uh, so that was something big to me. And even when you would see something bad happen, like the passed ball with a runner on third, LaRue gets to it and makes the flip to home just in time. And so that was insane. I've, I've never seen it was a perfect feed. I've never seen that kind of play. It was a perfect feed. And, and it's just to me, it kind of that right there was a little 
microcosm of this Auburn baseball team, like who they are in their DNA, is even when something goes wrong, everybody's just cool and calm and collected, and they fix the problem. I mean, you let a guy get on, and now you know now there's runner on first, double play, erase it. You know, you load the bases. John Armstrong comes in, three pitches, strikes the guy out, in and over. And so, like that, that single play is just emblematic to me of this is what this team is this year. They're they're resilient, and that's something that Butch Thompson brought in an expert to work with them on resiliency on the mental side of the game. He brought in Jason Selk, and it's worked. And this team just continues to fight. They have what 17 comeback wins this year. It's just something where this is this is a different team. And I'm excited to see what they do this year. LaRue had a couple of base runners thrown out, as you said, three RBIs at the plate. Auburn wins 8-4 over Sanford. Tigers now 36-16 and in their overall record. And they close out the SEC season Thursday, Friday, Saturday in Lexington, taking on Kentucky. Uh, and, and, you know, since you, I'm going to pose a question to you, since you deal a lot with the prospects, baseball prospects out there, uh, a guy like Sonny Deshara, mm-hmm. uh, when, you, when you see his potential in professional baseball, I mean, where, where do you see that? Obviously, he's a great hitter in the college game. Uh, is, si- is his size going to be an issue for him at all when it comes to the major leagues or, or pro baseball? Um, just you know, your general thoughts on Deshara. So I actually talked to somebody in baseball recently about Sonny Deshara, and, and they gave me the good and the bad. And the good, they said, was obviously he hit, hitting over 400 in, a, in the what is arguably the best right. conference for amateur baseball in That's all the That's what's so crazy to me, keeping the average up all year like he has. Yeah, I mean, it's a better average than it was when he was at Sanford. That's what's wild to me. But, you know, he's he, he's doing that. He's playing the field every day. So, you know, that shows to be fine. But some of the negatives that they gave me is they said the words bad body, which is typically meant to be a guy that is not in proportion, True. as you would typically look for, and that he's going to probably be relegated to a DH-only kind of role in the big leagues. Now, having a universal DH, that does help a little bit. The number that I was given was somewhere around – the 150 to 160 range, right. which is absolutely draftable. Uh, his age, you know, he is a, I believe he's a senior now. I want to say he's 23, 22, 22 23. So he's at right. that point where he's probably going to get drafted. They're probably going to offer him a little under slot because if he if he were to come back to Auburn, then next year he would have no leverage, and right. that that deal could be very very small. But uh, he is expected to be drafted, just kind of from what I'm hearing around around baseball, around minor league baseball, and right. kind of what they're looking at with some of these prospects. And then who else on this roster is uh, – I mean, we're, we're talking about this like the season's over, but, I mean, we right. got you here. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, I think of a guy like Casey Howell, you know, is he a, is he a guy that could be a, a future prospect? Or uh, Blake Rambush, you know, somebody like that. So, so I think Rambush is probably going to get another season to come back to Auburn and kind of refine some of what he does. When it's a position player, a good thing to look for – when you're trying to figure out can this position player translate to MLB and can it, can he get the attention of scouts and of teams, are you looking at 20 home runs or 20 stolen bases as far as potential goes? Rambush, the power is not necessarily there, but right. you see the stolen bases. He's on pace to finish close to 20. I think he'll be just under, but he's on pace to finish close to it. 
Uh, I think he's a guy, given his little bit smaller size, they're probably going to want to see him do it for another season before he gets drafted. Right. Cason Howell, I think, is underrated on his defense. He can get on his horse and go yeah. run anything down. It was wild that they that there was a rain delay on Sunday. They didn't pull the tarp out because Cason Howell already covers the entire field. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and but I have not seen a lot of him on draft boards as of yet. And that's right. something because offensively he doesn't have the speed aspect or the power aspect to his game. I have heard a lot of talk recently about Mason Barnett. Yeah, uh, he does have, and and pitchers are something where you're able to project a lot more than you are with hitters. And pitchers, they look at his velocity. He can run the fastball up 95, 96. He has a good breaking ball. The change has good differential from the fastball. So, so they like those traits, and they think of some of the things that he needs to get better at. Maybe it's it's his stamina, how long. He, he can go in games, his control. Those are things that they feel they can work on as well as developing some of those breaking pitches. What's the concern for this Auburn baseball team going into uh, the last portion of the season here? I think right now you kind of have to say the concern is the starting pitching not working. Kind of looking at what's happened recently, you think about Jordan Armstrong can't get out of the first last night. You look back at Saturday, Trace Bright, I think, yeah, finishes the first inning and can't come back out for the second. And so it's something where this Auburn team has shown that if they get a deficit, the bullpen can suppress runs, the offense can chip away at that and come back, but that's not sustainable long-term. And all it takes in the SEC tournament, you know, is, is one or two times of doing that right. against a much better team than a you know than an Alabama or than a South Carolina or somebody like that, and you struggle and you could go out. So as long as their starting pitching can keep the games manageable, and their offense can get going, and I, I do worry that Auburn's offense is too dependent on hitting relievers. If you notice, oftentimes some of the some of Auburn's runs late are because they can't seem to figure out the starter, and then when they get into the bullpen, that's when they start to have success, and you can tell that. They're aware of that because over the last couple of weeks, you've seen at-bats going a little bit longer. There was a series, I want to say it was the Arkansas series maybe, where a lot of first pitch, second pitch swings and putting balls in play and the, the opposing pitchers were going deep. And recently, they've gotten a lot better at letting at-bats go longer, getting deeper into that starter so they can get to the bullpen and start doing damage. When you take a look at this Auburn team, three games left in the regular season, playing Kentucky Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Talking about the pitching concerns, though, I would almost think that that puts more importance on this final series because getting into the SEC tournament, a double bye could be so helpful mm -hmm. for your team to not have to worry as much about who those arms are. I have been saying for a while that you need to get to 18 wins in the conference. And I think, I mean, that's – you are you – are, what, three wins away from that? So it's going to be difficult to do that. I think with 17, you're probably still going to get that top four seed. And last projections I saw had Auburn as a top four seed. I know as of Sunday night, the Road to Hoover release from the SEC office had Auburn projected to be the number four seed. But I think that you need to win two out of three this weekend. You know, that gets you 17 wins, and that should be enough to have that top four seed and not have that Tuesday win or go home day, but instead you start on Wednesday in game two of the tournament. And if you're the number four seed, you play the primetime game, which will be even nicer. Yeah, you get to wait a little bit before you start playing. And, exactly. And uh, you're in a much better position to win the tournament. This team, though, to, to think about where they were at the start of the year, not as many people predicting them and that sort of thing, and now they're in line to host an NCAA regional. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah, and I think a lot of the, the national 
lack of attention to this Auburn team going into the season was because it's very easy to look at the stats from last year, look at the record, and say this wasn't a very good Auburn team. And they don't look like they're going to be that much better because they lost you know, however many guys to the draft and things like that. But when you go back and you look at what happened last year, a lot of the failures were being able to hold leads late and then being able to score runs late and take a close game and win that close game. They lost a lot of close games. And that's something that this team this year is significantly better at. And I think that that's, that's the big change, more so than than the pitching or the offense. The big change is the bullpen is, is not only a competent, they're above average, but this team just has that mental resilience to stay in a close game, not get dejected and fight back. Auburn baseball takes on Kentucky. Three-game series in Lexington. A good position for the Tigers to be in, and they're on the verge of, of winning more SEC games than any Auburn baseball team has done in nearly uh, or over a decade, excuse me. I mean, it's been a really good Auburn baseball season so far. A lot of good ball left to be played. Let's take our next break. When we come back, the Biscuits are playing a little bit later tonight. Tom's going to get a personal preview of what to expect and more. You're listening to Sports Call. Sports Call has been on the air since 1995. Follow Sports Call on Twitter at Sports Call AU. Like us on Facebook at Sports Call AU. Welcome back into the program. Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy, Brant Dodge, and our buddy Lindsey Crosby. Follow him on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. The Locked On MLB Prospects podcast can be heard wherever you get your podcasts. It's also on YouTube. You can watch it every day. And uh, you're talking all things ball. Talking all things ball. There's a great interview today with a third base prospect from the Cardinals. And we're actually talking about the new policy that MLB teams have to provide housing for minor leaguers and how big of a change that that's been a positive change to all these guys' lives. I would imagine so. I mean, yeah. I cannot speak from personal experience of what it's like to be a minor league baseball player and have to go through uh, sort of the financial struggles, but this has just been a big topic of conversation for many, many years. Yeah, I mean, it's it's something where you see guys who move like two or three affiliates in a year, and it's, well, they had to figure out apartments at every place they went. And usually when you get promoted to a new affiliate, the team provides a hotel for two days. And then after that, you were on your own. And this model is much more sustainable because a lot of the teams now, short term, they have they have just rented apartment complexes. Like we have this this half of the apartment complex is the teams. Right. And everybody lives there. We give them roommates. If you're married, we you and your spouse have a single place. You're fine. But long term, some of the organizations have talked about we're just going to build an apartment complex, and we'll do all of the associated. Uh, retail and things like that with it it's a community development project we can usually get some sort of tax incentive from the from the town to do that yeah there, and then to go along with it we'll i would think there would be like some way to like build it near the field or something like you know i always go back to the battery atlanta is kind of this small city built around uh truest park and i'm saying like you could do something kind of like that obviously not to that scale but you could make a way to to build around your ballpark and make it a bigger deal and things like that that is the new model as far as 
diversifying revenue streams. And one of the big reasons there is the CBA does not have anything about non-baseball revenues going to the players. And so teams have said, hey, whatever money we can make from a thing like a multi-use development for the battery, all of that money is ours to keep. We mm-hmm. don't share that with the players like we do the gate, like we do the TV deals and things like that. And so that's why you've seen so much of it. And it's starting to trickle down to the minor league level. There's a... Uh, a I believe Palm Beach, Florida just passed an $85 million bond issuance so that the city and the county can pay to renovate their stadium because they are they are doing they're meeting the new standards for facilities that go in effect by 2025 but then the team at the same time is paying for a project adjacent to it to put in housing for the players there'll be in apartments and things apartments and hotels there for fans and uh, and opposing teams why is it baseball just always behind Always, I mean, it's America's pastime, Mm -hmm. which you would not expect, but we're always talking about these problems at the minor league level. And then, more specifically, here in Auburn, following college baseball as closely as we do, enough of the 11.7 scholarship debate that you have every year. The fact that you only have two paid assistant coaches just blows my mind. Uh, Getting to be kind of behind the scenes and traveling with these teams and knowing that people are having to pick up extra work yeah. Just to make things, it's it's. I don't understand why a sport that so many people have loved, oh, it just has so much trouble modernizing in every way possible. I think at the big league level, part of the issue, and we look at, and I'm guilty of this too, during the CBA negotiations, talking about, well, all of these teams are worth billions of dollars, but all of the ownership groups, the families that own, like like the owners of the Reds, they don't have the financial, like the deep pockets, like some other teams do. And so baseball as an institution, because of the antitrust exemption, they've worked so hard on not having to share the revenues with the players. And I feel like part of it is just that's trickled down. You know, that's now college thinks it's okay. We don't have to give full scholarships to most of our players. And then we're disadvantaged locally because we don't have a way to give in-state students a scholarship through the state like, say, Georgia does with the Hope Scholarship or things like that. So we're disadvantaged for Auburn, for Alabama. Um, as well as the, the smaller schools, because we don't have a way to take care of the in-state students. And I think until that happens, it's going to be significantly tougher for an Auburn or an Alabama to compete with an LSU, with an Arkansas, with a Georgia schools and states that have these programs in place. I can't wait for the 11.7 cap to end. And honestly, if I was rich, I would be the T. Boone Pickens of Auburn baseball. <laughs> I mean, we'd, ha- we'd have to na- they'd, there'd be things named after me because I would just yeah. throw money at that program for sure <laughs> to make up for the 11.7 scholarships and the you know volunteer pitching coach like people yeah pe- that's the thing people don't think about is Tim Hudson is not paid for what he does I mean and, and and we're lucky that he's a person that comes from means but if you think about there's so many people that would that's be able saying, to contribute only two paid assistant coaches I, yeah. it's just silly. Yeah, and and there's so many people who could contribute to the game of baseball, but they can't because they can't afford to, to you know, take a, a volunteer coaching spot. They can't afford to to make it through the minor leagues on the poverty wages. And I'm not joking when I say poverty wages. Uh, you know, there's baseball players I talked to on my podcast that made five thousand dollars last year, and they played for a full season. Wow, you know, and it, it, it's they, they they don't get paid until the season starts, and the the pay stops when the season ends. They don't get paid for spring training, they don't get paid for off season training, they don't get anything in the off season. 
And it's it's something that as a society, if we value baseball, if we think that baseball is a worthwhile pastime, and I think we do, we need to force Major League Baseball to step up and support these players. We need to force the NCAA to allow us to take care of college baseball athletes like we take care of football players, like we take care of basketball players, like we take care of other non-revenue sports. Tom, do you value baseball? I always value baseball. I figured so. All right, Riverwalk Stadium is your destination a little bit later this evening. Uh, Where does Riverwalk rank in terms of stadiums at the minor league level? It's a pretty nice stadium. It's one of the newer ones, too, which I like. Uh, But, no, it's it's really nice there in the old train station. It's always fun to see if a guy can hit a the train with a home run because yeah. <laughs> there's working train tracks outside of right. the field uh, but no uh, fun stadium to go to you're going to have a great game tonight with the Pensacola Blue Wahoos Marlins affiliate versus obviously the Biscuits um, I was hoping there was a couple pitchers I was hoping that you would get to see and Yuri Perez is the one that I'm really curious about he's the right. youngest player in the Southern League 6'8 220 he, he looks like a stick <laughs> large but Yes. Well, not very large. A very tall. tall, a very tall stick, and that's after he put on forty-five pounds uh, during the pandemic. But it was mostly good weight. It's mostly good weight. So he's now at two twenty. So he was. So he was probably. How old is he? He is nineteen right now. So wow. so during the pandemic, he was about seventeen. Let's assume he's grown an inch and a half. He grew four inches. He grew four inches. Okay, so he was six three. What like he was one seventy? He, he was he was six four one eighty, and he went to six eight two twenty. Good. During the well, pandemic. That's, that's, that's building. <laughs> yes. That's also, building the house. Also has a fastball that hits 98. Um, <laughs> he has a, a curveball in the high 70s. The thing for me is you rarely see incredibly tall guys that throw that hard. Right. And Unless they're very stocky. And part of that is your levers are so long, it's just hard to, to get the right leverage to get a ball out. And whatever velocity you do throw it, it's going to play up because you release the ball so much closer to the right. plate than a normal height person does. Well, and and you talk about you know big pitchers, and I I've told the story, and we talked about it off air. How last year I saw Hunter Green pitching, and and that was the first thing that stood out to me was his size. Mm-hmm. He is a big dude. He's very tall. He uh, what is he? He's six three, six three or six four. He's six four, I believe. Okay, so he's a six four guy, um, but he's also not skinny. I mean, he's 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 got some size to him, and you know. He just passed the eye test just sitting there watching him throw. I didn't even realize he was he was clocking in at 100 and I think he even pegged 101. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just saw his release, everything about him, like, oh, my gosh, this dude is incredible. And then I realized, oh, okay, that's Hunter Green. This he's, is who this is. He's the phenom yeah. that everybody's been talking about, and here he is playing in front of me. Now he's in the pros with the Reds and already has – I guess technically a no hitter to his credit, even though they got beat. But he didn't give up any hits in that game. I don't. He didn't go the full nine. <laughs> he, he didn't was, go the full nine. He was nine, on yeah. pace for a nine hitter, but you technically have to go nine to get right, the no hitter. True. But but yeah, he was on pace for it. But they pulled him early because he had 119 pitches, yeah. which I'm fine if you pull the guy early. Right. I was at World Series Game Three flex when Ian, <laughs> when when Ian Anderson had a perfect game going and they pulled him from the perfect game because he was at like 90 oh, I forgot all yeah, about that that's right we didn't realize when we were there that it was a or sorry a no hitter we didn't realize it was a no hitter because there had been traffic on the bases because he had walked somebody he right. hit somebody early so locally we didn't realize that it was actually a, a no hitter in the stadium because and, we had just seen so many guys on the base paths but 
I tweeted just kind of casually that, hey, I don't think he's coming back out because he put the jacket on in the, in the dugout, and my Twitter explodes. And apparently there was no confirmation that he was not coming back out to finish the no-hitter until I tweeted that. And I'm like, oh, cool. I broke news. That's, that's I love it. So well, scooped it, man. Well, if, if Yuri Perez does come in for uh, the Blue Wahoos tonight, I'll, I'll have to make sure I take some – now that I follow you on Twitter. There you go. Uh, I'll, I'll make sure I snap a couple photos, maybe some video of him throwing and send it your way. And I'm like, hey, here's just some video of Yuri Perez. So, uh, I'm loving these social media interactions because I'm going to peel back the curtains for everybody and just let people know that as Lindsey Crosby entered our studio today, he informed Tom Peavy that he looked just like he did on – on Twitter. So, <laughs> thanks for upholding your image, Tom. I did go. I did my research. I'm like, there's one person in this booth I have never met. Let me look it up Let's see and this your, Tom photos guy on, is. your photos on Twitter and there you, there you go, Tom. <laughs> I, I, I can't be missed. I'm the old bald guy. So. There you go. Uh, you said it, not me. But, uh, fun person to look for tonight, playing for Pensacola's outfielder Griffin Conine. Yeah. So, it's the son, he's the son of Jeff Conine. Um, he, he signed actually with the Blue Jays. He was drafted in the second round out of Duke okay. in 2018, but was traded to the Marlins in the Jonathan VR deal. And it's he's he has amazing raw power. When he makes contact, that ball is going to fly far. The thing is, he also strikes out like 36% of the time. Right. So it's, uh, it is a three true outcomes for sure. Um, but he has good range. He has he has good arm strength. Has a I think he had one of the higher outfield assist numbers in all of minor league baseball over the last two years. So good player to watch. Tons of fun to watch out there in right field. Uh, you know, and the the, uh, the the Marlins organization has made some moves that uh, will put some guys there uh, tonight to potentially see. Uh, Jose, Jose Devers was optioned from Miami to Pensacola. I don't know if he's going to play tonight, but, I mean, that's a guy that has just been playing in the major leagues, uh, will now be with Pensacola. And then uh, J.D. Orr uh, was at AAA Jacksonville, the Jumbo Shrimp. Uh, and now he is uh, uh, just been optioned down to Double A. So uh, you know, a JD Orr who was with Triple A making his way up has bumped back down to Double A. So uh, you got those guys for the Wahoos uh, on the Montgomery Biscuit side. Uh, Greg Jones is going to be leading off for the Biscuits. He's their number five prospect, and uh, he's followed in the order by Cameron Misner, who's their number fifteen prospect. Um, who else with the uh, Montgomery Biscuits uh, do you like right now? Farm Club of the Tampa Bay Rays, for anybody that was not aware of that. Farm Club of, of the Tampa Bay Rays has probably the best promotion. They throw out biscuits to the fans. That's right. Love seeing that so, so much. But no, no, no. So I'm actually really big on Greg Jones. Um, yeah. I also, Xavier Edwards, if he's, if he's in the game, I'm a fan of Xavier Edwards. I think he's going to end up being a third baseman versus a second. Right. And it's something, he has the profile of a second baseman. So, uh, Low power, great hit tool, speedy, but he's been playing third and he's been playing pretty good defense. Right. So, uh, can hit just about anything that comes that way. Not I mean, listed he, in their starting lineup for tonight, anyway. Dang. That's a bummer. That's a bummer. But, um, yeah, Greg Jones, Curtis Mead, if he's in the lineup, he's probably going to be your first baseman. Uh, guy hits with a, with a bunch of power. I think he has a good chance at making the roster, the big league roster, next year 
we're looking at maybe promoting him. I say we like it's me. Um, <laughs> we're looking for him to get promoted towards the end of the year, get some time in AAA, and then contend for a spot at the big league club next year. Yeah. Jackson McGowan listed at first base tonight for the I distance. really should have looked at this lineup before we started this. <laughs> well, well, that well, a lot smarter. I, well, I just uh, so uh, Greg Jones at short, Cameron Misner in center, uh, Austin Shinton at third base, Grant Witherspoon in right, Jordan Cusar in left, uh, Nico Holsizer is going to be your DH. He, now, Nico Holsizer is a guy that you talk about somebody with some power when he when he hits it it damn it he hits it um blake hunt at catcher jason uh, jackson mcgowan at first johan lopez at second base and uh zach trajanton is pitching so that's your starting lineup for the montgomery biscuits tell me how greg jones's defense does because that's the thing i'm waiting to see right. uh, he's incredibly fast but um He's had some swing and miss issues, and then just defensively, he hasn't been like he's, he's been to the point where we wondered is he getting moved to center field. So tell me how that goes. Tweet at me. Well, I'm, oh, on, yeah. I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. So, so I'm, I'm keeping notes here, and I will have these notes with me at the game tonight. That so, is your assignment. Uh, You're going to educate the people around you, Tom. Well, I, I very well may be, and and we've got front row seat. The, the seats that I got are. I mean, they're they're front row, first row. So I mean, I'm I'm going to be as close to the field as you can be without actually being on the field. Flex, yeah, yeah. we love all the flexes. Keep it coming. We are going to take a break here. When we come back, we transition into Wacky Wednesday, and uh, it's going to be awesome. Lindsey Crosby gets to experience this as our show continues to move along. We have concluded the second hour. We've still got more fun right after this break here. Alongside Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Lindsey Crosby, my name is JJ Jackson. Two hours in the books, and we're rolling. Two hours of sports call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call getting started right now on Tiger 95.9 FM. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and we've got our buddy Lindsey Crosby with us, the host of the Locked On MLB Prospects podcast. Follow him on Twitter, at Crosby Baseball, and we're set to have some fun here in just a moment. Before we do that, let's do this. We've already finished the first two hours of Sports Call today. (sighs) Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? It's now time for the Daily Show Recap. Um, can you repeat the part of this stuff where you said all about the uh, things? 
It's our Daily Show recap. Brant, what's happened on the show today? What has happened on the show? Well, we've had a wonderful interview with uh, the Washington Post's own Please Help Me Out. I'm terrible. Barry Sferluga. Barry Sferluga. I'm an incredibly unprofessional radio person. Um, <laughs> but yeah, talking with him about uh, the PGA Championship coming up, uh, a lot of interesting thoughts. I mean, hearing him talk about Phil Mickelson, that it, like I had seen that something had happened with Phil Mickelson. I, know yeah. he's, I knew he said something that he very much should not have said, and it had to do with Saudi Arabia and trying to hold the PGA Tour hostage or whatever. But I was not familiar with the intimate details of it, so hearing that was really cool. And uh, we talked a lot of baseball over the last hour. We got Lindsey Crosby in studio, host of Locked On Minor League Baseball, or MLB Prospects, pardon me. Sorry. I'm so sorry. No, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I, I didn't put it in your notes. <laughs> you did, well, my, my notes being the one sheet of paper that JJ provided me about Auburn's baseball game last night. Um <laughs> Locked on MLB prospects. That was Brooks that posted the Brooks, of box course it score was. in front. Of course it was. Yeah, I'm not as prepared typically. Let's take a phone call and then we're going to jump into some fun things. Let's do 334 887 or toll free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9 if you would like to call in to be a part of our program as we go to the Auburn Bank phone line. And joining us now here on the show is our good buddy, Russell from Auburn. Russell has called into the program. Hi, Russell. I'm also Lindsey Crosby's good buddy. Hey, it's, I know Russell. <laughs> hey, Russell, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you, Lindsey? I'm doing well. This man is you the back at hard. Home, this back is at home the, in the radio booth. I see. It it feels good. This is the hardest working man in Opelika right here. <laughs> <laughs> no, just God, another disappointing game for the Braves today. Oh uh, um, yeah. I don't know if y'all probably already talked about it, but it's not worth talking about. But uh, we can talk more about it. They can't. They can't put it all together. You know, no. they'll get a good, they'll get a good game out of a starting pitcher and can't hit, or vice versa. And then they get to the back of the bullpen and they blow saves, and it's just, just frustrating right now to try and watch them. I mean, no. I just, I don't. I mean, I don't have any answers. I don't know if anybody. I don't know if they have the answers. Well, and um, Kenley Jensen blew the save today, but that was his first blown save of the year. So, I mean, it's kind of a rarity to see that. But that kind of goes into that inconsistent play that, that you were just mentioning. And, I mean, that's one of the big things with the Braves this year. They've just been wildly inconsistent, whether it be the offense or the pitching. Uh, you know, there's just not really a whole lot coming together as a cohesive unit right now for the Braves. Well, it hadn't helped that they, you know, Acuna's been injured and yep. he'd come back and – Today was his first game without a hit since coming back, and it's just just frustrating. They can't all get together on the same page, and they're, you know, at the bottom of the East right now. I mean, the Nationals are terrible, but, heck, we're only, like, four games ahead of them, you know? I mean, the Reds are the worst team in the National League, and we're only five and a half games ahead of them right now. So, it's... It's it's frustrating for sure, um, and they got to be careful because the Mets are going to run away with it if they can't somehow get the five. It's eerily similar to last year. I mean, the records have been similar to what it was last year, but the the problem is is the Mets are good. You know, I mean, last year nobody was going to run away with it, and they kind of hung around. But this year they're going to be lucky right now to make the playoffs. I mean, it, they. I mean, it's not obviously. There's so much baseball to play, and not time to panic, and all that stuff. But it's frustrating for sure. I mean, just being a fan is it's it's awful to watch right now, especially when they do things. Can't win an extra. Have they won an extra inning game this year? 
I don't think they have. No, I can't they, think they haven't. Uh, Chip Carey was talking about that at the start of Extras today. That's They were going for their first win and should have had it and did not did not get it. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, just over in extra innings, that that's bad. Um, Will Smith, I know he's he did all right today, but he's blown a game before us uh, not too long ago. Um, Spencer Strider, I I don't know how you don't just leave that kid in. I mean, I'm sitting here shaking my head when they go to Will Smith in the eighth, going he threw ten pitches. Right. You know, I mean, just leave Strider in. <laughs> I don't know what else. I mean, they can't touch that guy. I don't know that anybody can touch that guy. Part of the original plan was for him to start the game that Tucker Davidson started. They originally were going to have Strider do that game. And so I think they're trying to hold him and not completely use him so that he can start maybe this weekend or right after the weekend. I think that's part of it. But, I mean, you're right. He's He's been virtually untouchable since he came in, and that's just – I mean, he, he was that way as a prospect. He's that way now in the bigs and one of the best mustaches in baseball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I just – if it's not, I'm I'm of the opinion, and I know I don't get paid money to be a manager, but I'm of the opinion if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, I mean, dang, just leave the guy in. They, they can't. T- I mean, he's just throwing it by guys. They have no idea what's coming, and he still hasn't broke out the changeup. You know, I mean, he's a two pitch pitcher, and he's just blowing guys away. And I would just leave him in, but that's just me. And of course, my opinion's worth as much as you know. A can of garbage, apparently, but I, I don't. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't have the answers. But thankfully, we've got uh, a good baseball team here on the plains, and at least we can watch them. Hopefully, win a series this week in Kentucky and get in that bye and in that uh, super regional conversation, which would be nice. You might not um, get paid for this, but that was a professional segue. I was. <laughs> I had the good. same thought. That, that was transition was amazing. Yeah, I mean, you know, what What else are we going to talk about being Braves and Auburn fans? <laughs> we got to talk about somebody being good, you know, and Auburn baseball right now. I mean, Butch Thompson doesn't get enough credit. And I, I've come on yeah. here and I've said it before. You know, the, the 2020 season got sh- cut short. Last year was frustrating with all the one year or one game or one run losses and, and all that stuff. But he just doesn't get enough credit. I know Bruce Pearl has totally transformed Auburn sports. And there's no denying that, but Butch Thompson needs to get more credit for what he's done. We couldn't ask for a better coach, especially for the position that Auburn baseball is in, being behind the eight ball as far as competing with the Mississippi schools and Georgia and Florida and and all those schools that have a competitive advantage as far as scholarships and lotteries and all that stuff. And for him to be able to put in, put up a roster and a coaching staff every year the way he does and and put the product on the field, it's it's – it's nothing short of miraculous, really. I mean, it really is, and he really need he he really needs to get a lot more credit than I think people that you know know sports in general around Auburn give. I mean, it's just it really is a testament to what Butch Thompson is as a baseball coach. No doubt about it, Russell. It's good to hear from you, buddy. We appreciate the call today. All right, y'all take care. Take care, Lindsey. Holler at me about some bourbon sometime, man. We'll <laughs> do. See you, buddy. There we go. I love that. That's uh, that's Russell from Auburn joining us there on our Auburn Bank phone line. I could get on some bourbon talk now. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. I, I will indulge occasionally. Oh, I Good like stuff. me a little Jefferson's Ocean. Little Define occasionally. Whistle pig. <laughs> uh, either I'm enjoying it 
a lot. Not a lot at the same time, but I'm very much enjoying myself. Often? Or the smell of it will make me want to throw up. It's it's one of the two. <laughs> that escalated quickly. Yeah, that yeah. was... Uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. That was dramatic. Yeah, here we yeah. go. All right, uh, Wacky Wednesday. Lindsey Crosby's hanging out with us, Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and was supposed to be funny, well. and everyone just kind of looked at me. I don't... I, it's, I lo- it's funnier for us when we just look at you and you sit there and stew in that. That's funnier yeah. for us. Yeah. Uh, so we're talking baseball, <laughs> and it was funny. We were talking during the break as well that one of our recent Wacky Wednesday segments that we did was running through all of the crazy team names right. that we've got in <clears throat> sports, uh, which was really exciting. Last week, did we do it last week? No. no, we, we had, didn't have a show I, last week. Right, I was in Gainesville, Florida at the SEC softball tournament. Flex. Two weeks ago, uh, and I will not be on the show. To, let's get this out of the way because Lindsey's here and he'll add the commentary, which I love. I won't be on the show tomorrow or Friday. Britt Bowen just walked in the building a moment ago. He and I are heading to Clemson, South Carolina for NCAA softball regionals. I won't be here. I thought another flex was coming, but okay. All right. Now, and you have to say why you're not going to be okay. here. Because I'll be on the call. I'll be there, doing play-by-play play broadcasting. Yeah, there you go. And it's flex. Yeah, okay. It's flex. Yeah. Um, so two weeks ago, Brooks had taco truck jelly beans. Yeah. And then some funfetti jelly beans. Right. And we were tasting them live on radio. That's what we got ourselves into. Today, as we dive into another installment... I've got the wackiest questions to ponder that we're going to run through, and it's just a very thought-provoking exercise. And, Tom, you're actually going to be in charge here. You're going to be the point guard for this. So the wackiest questions to ponder. All right. Well, the number one wackiest question to ponder, why are there interstate highways in Hawaii? I don't know. I mean, again, there are no answers to these questions. Intrastate. Intrastate. If Hawaii is an island, that's a great question. Why are there interstate highways? Well, because Hawaii has, like, smaller archipelagos off of it, doesn't it? Yeah, but they're not connected. Are they not connected by archipelagos? It means a collection of smaller islands off of, like, the coast of somewhere. I've never heard that in my life. Japan Japan has a lot of archipelagos. Your dad would be very disappointed disappointed in in this. The state of Florida has a thousand. Your your highly educated Uh, father. The the Philippines is just archipelagos. There's no, like, main Island. Your mom should text you right now. And go, I think that's right. JJ, <laughs> you are an embarrassment. Yeah, she, she will be. She? Oh, she listens. She, she listens. Yeah. Moms, moms are good about that. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. So that's I, a good question. I think the actual answer here okay, is, is be, okay, so backstory. I studied political science for my undergrad. Right. So, and I specifically public administration. So, okay. I studied stuff the government does. So, the interstate, like the interstate system, was created by Dwight Eisenhower for a specific reason. So I think the reason they're called interstates is because they were built using funding and under the guidelines of the interstate highway system. Right. Even though they don't go from state to state. It's, These, a, it's a federally operated highway and not a state operated highway. Yeah. Like you have. Yeah. St- well, it's part instance, of the national highway system. Right outside here, this is quote unquote South College, but it is it is 
Highway 29. But oftentimes, people think of interstates taking them from state to state. And the thought exercise here is that Hawaii is an island, and how can you do that? It's kind of how you park in driveways. It's like, wait a second. I think we'll get to that at a certain point. It is the world's wackiest questions to ponder. And Lindsay's going to try to come up with an answer for all of these. This is going to be better than I thought it was. Go ahead. Number two, if you can't drink and drive, why do you need a driver's license to buy liquor? And why do bars have parking lots? Now, for somebody that works in a bar, I can tell you, yeah, I mean, you got to get to the bar in your vehicle, but we offer rides so that you don't drive out of the bar. That's why they have taxis and Uber and... Uh, when you buy something, designated drivers. Yeah, when you buy something from the liquor store. Okay, first of all, I feel like since we're since we say this, please drive safely. Don't drink and drive. Yes. All all of that. All those PSAs. It's stupid. Don't do it. Too many ride shares. To get get too, the many, bar- o- too, many, too options many options. Out there, yeah. Too many not. bartenders at Fat Daddy's like yeah. Tom Peavy telling that will call you a taxi you or whatever. Don't no. d- don't leave. Yeah. Let me get you a ride. Yes. Yeah. But uh, you know, you can go and buy something from the liquor store. You don't have to crack it open immediately. In fact, it's encouraged to not do that. Give us the question one more time. Uh, If you can't drink and drive, why do you need a driver's license to buy liquor? And why do bars have parking lots? You don't have to have a driver's license. It's like any form of ID that has your birthday on it. Yeah, I mean, it could be a non-driver's ID. Passport card? Passport, yeah. Yeah. It could be a a non-driver's ID. (laughs) Walking into the liquor store and showing them your passport would be a bold move. (laughs) Well, I mean... We take them at at the bar. I mean, it's... Yeah, I I mean, If you're trying to get pina coladas, like, you're you're preparing for an international adventure. There you go. (laughs) Uh, Transport me to the islands. Uh, Number three question. How does the guy who drives the snowplow get to work in the mornings? I want to assume he just has a snowplow at home. (laughs) Like how cops park the cop car at their house. It's just, there's just like a a snowplow named, I don't know, some funny name here. Uh, Desire. Snowy McSnowplow. Snowplow named Desire. Snowplow named Desire. (laughs) And he just parks it in front of his house. Or she, I'm sorry. They, They just park it in front of their house. And and that's how they do it. The thing that drives me nuts is somebody who grew up in the South. I can't fathom getting up and having to go outside and do physical labor and yeah. then go to work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm like, hey, yeah. there's there's snow in the ground. I'm here today. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I will say this from spending a lot of time up in the North. Uh, there are many people that have big pickup trucks with uh, attachments and they'll have a personal plow that they attach to the front of their pickup trucks. They have those in Florida, too, but they're just kind of to get the gators out yeah, of there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ah. n- number four question, if the 7-Eleven is open... Now, this is also... This could go for Waffle House, because this is the more joke I hear about Waffle House. Uh, but if the 7-Eleven is open 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, why are there locks on the doors? For when, or, for when the power goes out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like... Waffle. Okay, so if Waffle House note, closes, because, it's time to take shelter. I was about to say this is an actual thing. Going back to the government thing, this is an actual thing. FEMA has, and this is anecdotal. This is not like an official thing, but they have what they call the Waffle House Index. When FEMA is sending in first responders to go assess a disaster area, one of the first things they will do is they will go by the local Waffle House because Waffle House is very good as a company about staging resources near an impending disaster so they can keep their stores open, and they have dedicated plans for, all right, if you don't have power, here's what you can and can't do. If you don't have refrigeration, here's what you can and can't do. Like, And their goal was to have the store open as long as possible and doing as much as they can. So if you get to a disaster area and the Waffle House is closed, better call all of the help. <laughs> call everybody. Love, love the Waffle House. Lindsay is a hit. It's a this Waffle is, Home. Yeah. This is great. Is this home. is all true. I liked these questions to sit and ponder that the internet and the world had for us because if something is open, basically... 
The question, if something is open all the time, why do you have locks when locks are used to close things? And yeah. we're learning. There you go. What do we got next? Uh, next up is why, I think this was already mentioned, but why do we drive on parkways and park on driveways? This is always a great one. The the name, naming conventions up, are odd. Um, the English language is just weird. Yeah. We have silent letters. Like, it's there. We're just not going to tell you it's there. <laughs> my middle name has two silent letters, or my last name has two silent letters. The hush tree. Yeah. 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 Dog, dog, a dog tree, I guess. Dog tree, yeah. And, but even then, like the H would be silent. I don't know. Dog hugger tea. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's yeah. The, the English language is just weird anyway. I mean, it, yeah, it's one of the two, tougher languages. Yeah, I mean, two, two, and two, three different yeah. ways to spell it and completely different meanings, but they you'll, all sound. You'll have to fact check this, but exactly there is the a sentence that is just the word buffalo seven times because the word buffalo yeah. has like four different meanings. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's just the word buffalo seven different times. I've never heard that. It before, is an actual. Wow. So, yeah. It I'm going to take your word for it. That is amazing. Now I'm going to look it up right now. Yeah. <laughs> Buffalo's um, I'm sorry. I, I apologize. It's eight times. It is a grammatically correct sentence because it has three different meanings of the word buffalo in there. There's like a proper name referring to the city of Buffalo. There's a verb as in to buffalo, like to bully or harass somebody. And there is a noun referring to the animal. So buffalo, 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 buffalo. If you know how it's being used, is a grammatically correct sentence. Wow. The English language is weird. Yeah. <laughs> then, I think, then I think of Lindsay, and I'm like, you could spell that one a couple of different ways because the the because yours is like I and A, right? Uh, it's it's yes. Yeah. Okay. It's, so like, but yeah. like you could also use an E in that in both of those spots, or an E and an A, or an I and an E. Mm-hmm. So. Or you could do something odd like a Z and an I, or, or a yeah, Z yeah, and a Y. Yeah. Throw uh, a Z in there if you want to get wacky. Yeah. Or if you want to be wild, just don't name your son Lindsay. You can do that too. <laughs> but my mom did not think of that. So uh, Johnny well, Cash's boy named Sue was like my theme song growing up. Well, and while we're on the subject of uh, of the English language, why isn't Palindrome spelled the same backwards as it is forward. And for anybody that don't know, that's great. Palindrome, palindrome is a word. Spe- race car, right? Taco race car. Cat. You know what? That's my favorite. Taco cat. It's not one word. It's oh, it is a palindrome. It's like the name Hannah, phrase. but the phrase is the name Hannah. If you end it with an H, yeah. But race car spelled the same is. backwards yeah. and forwards. That would be a palindrome. So why is why is palindrome not a palindrome? That's a great question. Yeah. Uh, why is it that when you transport something by car, it's called a shipment, but when you transport something by ship, it's called cargo? <laughs> That's strong. Isn't it called cargo? Like, can't you call anything cargo I, as long I, as you're transporting it? I, I mean, I, I, it, is that specifically to ships? I think more times than not, I hear cargo and I do think ships, though. So, so, is this what this show is during the off season? Yeah. Big questions to ponder on a So I Googled say. cargo, and apparently the definition of that is somebody's new website that's a new app huh. apparently let's go yeah <laughs> cargo cargo.site is the new app what do we got Tom? but if you wear cargo shorts you're not transporting cargo by ship true i'm wearing, you're wearing cargo shorts right your, now. you're wearing them in your pants when it's a cargo ship what if you were to put a, a vehicle shipment on a cargo ship yeah. Car, wow. Cardugo ship. Black hole. Uh, a black hole. Yeah. Happens. <laughs> like, the like universe right, right implodes. Now, yeah, right now. The, 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 uh, That's how you get the Doctor Strange. The sun <laughs> collapses in on itself, yeah. and it's the heat death of the universe. Yeah. The, the gif of the guy like doing the brain explosion. Wow. That's me right uh, now. Uh, how about this one? Why is it that when you're driving and looking for an address, you turn down the volume on the radio? Everybody knows you can't concentrate and yeah. read at the same time. Yeah, I, yeah, look, I caught myself doing that so many times when I was working for DoorDash. It was like, 
I was like, oh, this doesn't help me see any better. It just turns everyone's voice down. And it, it, it helps you focus. There's been a few times when I've been in here just today that I had to reach over and like turn Brant down so I could think. Like, it happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm a loud person. Well, and so uh, is JJ. Why, did, why does your nose run and your feet smell? JJ, why do that, your feet no. smell? <laughs> oh, that's good. That is good. Your feet are used to run, but your feet smell. And like your nose is used to smell, but it runs. Like, that's a good question. I don't know. How would you know if your nose did smell? You know? Yeah. Very self I, I, very I self-referential. Know. I feel like it does. You just kind of get used to your own scent. So I feel like everyone has their own scent, right? But we just get sounds so like used you, to like the human but human I, based sounds scent. Like you, but do we, sounds like you you've gone to an to an anime convention. I have never <laughs> never gone to an anime convention. Uh, more English language here, but uh, why does an alarm clock go off when it begins ringing? So it actually I always thought of it as like the so, time it, it's it's counting down to the alarm, and so like your your time went out, your time ran out, maybe. But no, you're right. That's that's weird. It turns on, it but turns it's actually on, going out. Your going alarm's off. going off. Yeah, that's a good one. Well, uh, let's see. Why is it whether you sit up or sit down, the result is the same? Huh. That that one's a mindset. When you're young. You um like when you're old, it's work to get up and down. But like when you when you're young, it's fine. You can just pop up and pop down, no big deal. But like at a certain age, when you sit down, like you're there for a while. It takes work. So like you sit down when you're old. Oh. But you, you sit, sit up, up when you're young because yeah. you're spry and you can do whatever you want. Right. This is somebody who's facing his own mortality. But the at result is the same. Yeah. Oh. Uh, why is it called a building if it's already been built? <laughs> that's a good one yeah. building a building yeah yeah well english language english language crazy stuff uh if the front of your car says dodge do you really need a horn <laughs> all right that's pretty funny <laughs> that, was, um, that was pretty funny to think about uh, nobody under the age of 20 got that joke because <laughs> <laughs> dodges aren't really a thing anymore uh, uh what do sheep count when they can't go to sleep <laughs> that's so each other jumping people <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good. Why do, do we, sheep do oh. sheep sleep standing up? Is that a thing that sheep do? I, I, I know some animals do like horses, but I, I don't remember think they have no, the locking knees. Yeah, I think I think sheep actually lay down. Do they? I think they're they're lower to the ground. So if you are sense. if you are putting your sleep your sheep to sleep, tongue twister, do you give it a pillow? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I've, I don't never had a sheep. Would you? I, Would you give it a pillow I mean, though? Pro- is it a house sheep or is it an outside sheep? <laughs> It's a in the every time you ask a domesticated sheep. Every time you ask me like one of these really weird like scenario questions, I'm just like, all right, I need more details. We do that regardless of whether the question is serious or not. I would. What about a? I'd say wait. Okay, find some hay. So if you want some more details before you answer a question, I have one for you. Okay. Would you rather fight a hundred? Duck-sized horses, yeah, yeah, or yeah. one horse-sized duck. I've seen this. We, we've actually seen had. This. I think we've talked about. We, we have. Yeah. Yeah. I think we have. I think we have asked that question on the show before. I can't remember if I was on the show, but uh, I think my answer is going to be one horse-sized duck, because ducks are bigger than you think they are. Mm-hmm. So if you have a hundred of them, yeah, if you have a hundred horses, that while they are not as big as normal horses, they are still larger than you would think. That's going to be overwhelming. I I kind of think you're confusing ducks and geese here. Yeah. No, no, ducks no. Ducks are like, no. like they're, maybe they're the shin size, height. 
like their right? bodies are the size of footballs. I, I'm, I'm yeah. Yeah. yeah, like NFL footballs. It's a hundred running yeah. footballs. Yeah, exactly. Versus a duck have, that is taller than you. Is huge. Have you? I know a horse is huge. Been, have you seen a horse recently? Yes. Yes. Huge have horses you, are giant. Have you seen the? Horse. Have you? It also depends on the type of horse you're talking about. Have you seen what the inside of it? This is my whole thing when we had this debate before. Have you ever seen the inside of a duck's mouth? Yes, actually, it is frightening. Yeah. It, they are, alien. It is, That's his lock screen to his and, phone. Fun yeah. fact: <laughs> it is one of the it most. Is not. It's Ronald Acuna Jr. <laughs> it, but the inside of a duck mouth is one of the most frightening alien-looking things. And you imagine it that does as look, the size of a horse? <laughs> it Hell does. No. It does look like a shark mouth. Like they've got really sharp teeth and like the, rows of tongues. Have teeth. Yeah. They also have corkscrew-shaped. Um, Parts. <laughs> <Genitals>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they don't fall off when they have sex. Yes, <laughs> unlike some other animals that we. Uh, uh, so now this next callback. This next question, I, I, I mean, why do you call it a hot water heater if the water's already hot? Well, it's not. It heated the water. For it you. heats it the, heated water. the water. That's its part job of what it is does. to take the not hot water and make it hot and heat it. Yeah, and then it pumps it through the pipe. So there's your answer to that one. <laughs> okay. Uh, if Barbie is so popular, why do you have to buy her friends? Well, that one Money just made please. me sad. Uh, that one just made me sad. Money, please. All right, and then finally, what do they pack styrofoam in? Styrofoam is used to pack other things. Yeah, well, I mean, don't they just mold styrofoam to the shape they need and then pack stuff in it? Well, like if you're shipping like, styrofoam, it okay. What, so, what are the raw materials of styrofoam? Because I have no idea. Well, obviously, it's styro and it's foam. Well, okay, well, <laughs> okay. Thank you. That was helpful. Um, I actually don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the raw materials of styrofoam are, but I'm going to Google it. It is closed cell extruded polystyrene foam. All right, well. So there you go. What that is. Yeah, I, I am. Uh, I, I now I, know more than I did. I would just imagine that you don't have to pack styrofoam in anything if you're shipping styrofoam. Yeah. No, just, I, just bulk just, styrofoam. If I'm getting styrofoam to specific specifications i don't want it to be all dented and dirty when i get it like if i if my factory has to order styrofoam to package a part i want it to come intact bubble wrap (laughs) just put it in like a crate or something bubble wrap would be good bubble Bubble wrap i like that i like that. what do you ship bubble wrap in styrofoam (laughs) (laughs) that's good all right those were the wackiest questions to ponder we'll close it out today with uh, how about 15 wacky riddles for you guys so now you're still going we're still going going. i thought the show was ending we're still going what has a bottom at the top bottom what has a bottom at the top I actually do have answers for these. Okay, I'm, the I'm glad you. I'm glad you're you, that. I'm really glad you're just gonna be like, I don't know, and we're and we're done. <laughs> we're done. A diver. <laughs> no. Bottom at the bottom top. at the top. What has the a bottom at the top? Cam is trying. Cam is saying a funnel. No. Okay. I didn't think it was a funnel. What has a bottom at the top? Legs. Ah. Okay. okay. Legs. Okay. So uh, these, are, these are puns. I see what you did there. Uh, these yeah, are yeah, puns yeah. as much as they are anything. Okay. Uh, okay. okay. Okay, switching parts of my brain. Yes. Uh, what do you have to break before using it? An egg. An egg. Look at this. All right. Uh, what has four legs but only one foot? Four legs but only one foot. Oh, I've heard that one, and now I can't think of... Yeah, it's like it sounds familiar. I don't, I don't four know. Four legs, one foot. Sounds uh, like a dad joke. Brant. Huh? That was going to... Huh? Four legs but one foot. Um, I don't know. It is a bed. Ah. Uh, uh, how about that, Tom? Uh, a bed. Ah, uh, thinking. Look at Tom. 
Michelle, my girlfriend, texted me and she said, a bed. So she knew the answer. Knew. I give like her, that. Give her all the credit. That's Shout cool. out to yeah. Michelle. What is an odd number that becomes odd. even if you take a letter away? Sorry, the pause kind of got me there. Um, what is an odd number that becomes even if you take a letter away? No clue. I feel like I should know this. Seven. Seven! Look yeah. at you, Brand. Yep. Do you I thought get about it? it? Yeah, I thought about it for a second. If you take a letter away from seven, it becomes even. Yep. And if seven you take, uh, if you take the ass away from seven, it becomes Very good. Very literal there. Yeah. 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 That's good. What five? I, it was that was so weird. I saw the sentence in my head, and I just like high, and like the word "even" turned into a different color. That was like a <laughs> he did a like sentence a, tree. Yeah, that was like <laughs> a rain man moment. That was that was wild. What five letter word becomes shorter when you add two letters? Short. Yes, very good. Same Brand. concept. Five letter word that becomes shorter when you add two letters. That five letter word would be short. Okay. What month has twenty eight days? February. This is a trick. Yeah, I was going to say it's a quick. Oh, all of them. All of them. Uh, exactly, uh, Lindsay. Yeah, all yeah, of them. Yeah. Very good. What's always in front of you but can't be seen? The future. Very good. I was going to say your, your eyes. Yeah. Brant's <laughs> on top of this. Brant is just. You live for these wacky riddles. I'm proud of you. What goes up. I didn't but, have friends as a kid. <laughs> what goes up but never or goes now. down? Stock market. <laughs> Your grocery bill. Yikes. <laughs> Gas prices. Yikes and yikes and yikes again. <laughs> what goes up but never goes down? Um, what goes up but never goes down? Because I was like, I'm trying to think like the somebody, sun. Uh, but like somebody the sun in down. their car right now is like screaming at the radio. Uh, yeah. Because they know this. And the rest of them have turned off the show. Uh, <laughs> what goes up but never goes down? Old man that has taken too many blue pills. Your age. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Your age. <laughs> Your age. There was a movie about that the one time it did. Benjamin, uh, Curious Case of Benjamin Button. There you go. I have never seen that, but I've heard it's good. It's a good movie. I've actually seen that one. Wow, really? Yeah. Yeah. How many times have you seen a movie that I have not? Very rare. What has many keys but can't open a lock? Piano. Piano. Very good. When does today come before yesterday? In the alphabet. No. What? When that does is. today come before yesterday? After the Y and the E and the S, <laughs> in a dictionary would be you were kind of there. On is, okay, the right okay, train yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I worded that poorly. I shouldn't. Yeah. I shouldn't tap in the, the alphabet. Yeah. What goes up and down but doesn't move? What goes up and down but doesn't move? Wacky riddles for us. Up and down but doesn't move. Up and down but doesn't move. Oh. A staircase. Oh, the staircase. Ah. A staircase. Ah. The airport has a moving staircase. They, they, they drive it out to the plane. That's a thing still. Um, but, they, I, but I mean, I don't think it's a the thing, staircase actually. doesn't go up and down. You actually go up and down the staircase. But you can go down the stairs and up the stairs. Yeah, but you're you're the one moving. I mean, that's what he's saying. It, it, yeah. it, it, it goes up and down, but it doesn't go anywhere. The stairs aren't moving. I know, but I just... I never think about... Well, answer this one, Tom. What has hands but can't clap? A clock. Okay, you Brandon. said Tom. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm scrolling Twitter Keep right now. Keep showing off, Brant. Keep you, showing off. Um, what has legs but can't walk? Ooh. Uh, chair? 
a chair, a table. I mean, we got a couple of answers for this one. What kind of band never plays music? Rubber band. I was going to say rubber band. Rubber band is right. A band with. A rubber band is right. And then what's the only question that you can never answer yes to? Are you dead? (laughs) No. No. That would. You ever ever seen Ghost? We were going for Are You Asleep Yet? Oh, okay. Um, Okay. But uh, yeah. Are You Dead would also be applicable. Yes. Let's get another phone call. Shout out to Whoopi Goldberg. We've got one more phone call before we get off the show. We'll go to our phone lines now. And uh, joining us here on the program is our good buddy, Michael from Auburn. Michael has called into the show. Hey, Michael. Hey guys, uh, what goes up a chimney down, but won't go down a chimney up. Ooh, this one I don't know. Give it to say the question one more time. What goes up a chimney down, but won't go down a chimney up? <laughs> uh, chimney. I'm in the Santa Claus space right now, but yeah. I'm, that that's I'm thinking we're fire, for. but that's not gonna that's not gonna work. It's an umbrella. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like physically, it's not going to work like that. He's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The math tracks then, on that. Uh, uh, this year, other wacky, you know, because this is Auburn Sports Call, but if, if two Bama fans get a divorce, are they still technically brother and sister? Hey, man. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> we love that. That's good stuff. Right. And I did, I did actually, I heard the dad talk about, their, the grandpa talk about, you know, getting challenged. And just in the rules of 21, from what I remember, technically that game's not over because you have to win by two. And so if the score was 21-20, right. you would have to score again. I don't know if y'all brought that up or not, but I heard that score and I was like, man, I hate to break it to him, but like that game's not done. We got to win by two. Too. No, I thought that too when I was up when we were talking with Tim a little bit earlier. That was always the rule for me. Same thing like table tennis, ping pong, like 21. Like you had to win by two. If you're playing a 21, like you got to win by two. Good stuff. Michael, All always right, good to hear from you. We appreciate it. Thanks. All right. That was Michael from Auburn joining us on the program. We're almost out of time here on the show. We uh, we saved all the breaks to get through Wacky Wednesday, so we'll have a little bit of breaks to get people to the top of the hour. Tom is off to the Biscuits game, but uh, a Wacky Wednesday. We had some wacky questions to ponder and some riddles to answer there. You impressed we, me. We did ponder and we did answer riddles. You, and, uh, you I, impressed me. I read a lot as did a kid. Did he flex? <laughs> yeah. Flex. Yeah. Uh, because as I said, as a kid, I didn't have friends. Um... Got them eventually. Lindsay, you already yeah. made the joke. You don't have to do it again. Yeah. You don't have to do it again. <laughs> cool. I was curious if you heard it when he said the joke the first oh, time. Oh, I did. Oh, I yeah. did. And it hurt my feelings appropriately. <laughs> that's but awesome. But yeah, yeah, Riddles was like, that's always something I've just, I've always been kind of good at thinking outside the box on certain things. Yeah. You know, you know how it is. I like it. Let's do a TV guide before we get out of here. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide. Our Nightly TV Guide as we get you out of here on today's program. Coming up tonight at 6 on ESPN, the New York Rangers and my Carolina Hurricanes. Game one of the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs coming up tonight at 6. Also at 6 on ESPN, or excuse me, at 8 on TNT. Game one of the Western Conference Finals between the Dallas Mavericks and the Golden State Warriors. 
going to be a fun series. That one should. That one will be a lot of fun. It's it's, it's, it's kind of like old versus new guard. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I think. Uh, but the, also the fact that Warriors haven't been there in a couple of years because yeah. they've been hurt. Yeah. KD's not there. I, I still think they're uh, a little too good. Despicable Me two tonight at six on Nickelodeon. Moneyball. Talking about baseball. Great movie. Love my seven o'clock on still AMC. Still have not seen it. Might take advantage of that. I tonight. read that book every single year before spring training. Yeah. I watched Moneyball on the way to the SEC tournament. Did you? It was on the bus. Did you? Who, who's all in that? I know Jonah Hill's in that movie. Brad Pitt, Jonah Brad Hill. Pitt. Uh, that is a young Chris Pratt. Really? Yes. Chris Pratt plays uh, plays the first baseman. Yes. Those are the names to be on the lookout for. And then uh, 40-Year-Old Virgin tonight at 7 o'clock on Max. Steve Carell. Right? Steve Carell. Yes. Steve Carell. Have you Getting seen his that? chest waxed? I've seen the chest waxing scene. That's actually Paul Rudd, isn't so it? So that's two. Yes, it is. Is it? That's, that's two movies huh. that I have that I, I've seen. I, that you have what? What movie is it that Steve Carell gets his chest waxed? Because I maybe know I'm there wrong, is. Maybe it is Steve Carell. No, it is. Yeah, no. This it's Steve Carell, forty-year-old okay. virgin. Yeah. 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 When does Paul Rudd get his chest waxed? Because that sounds like a great time too. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been twenty years ago or today. He looks exactly the same. That's fair. Paul Rudd does That's not fair. age. Uh, it's dude, the only he, thing where his he, age goes up. But he, he looks, looks same. the same uh, in Ant Man as he did like on Friends back in two thousand three. Like it's, it's exactly the same guy. <laughs> we could probably work that into a riddle somehow, some way with I, mm-hmm. Paul Rudd being the answer. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Lindsey Crosby, appreciate you being here, man. Thank you for having me. It was tons of fun. This was a lot of fun indeed as that will do it for our show here today. We appreciate folks that called in and tuned in and were a part of our program. Thanks to Barry Sreluga from the Washington Post for stopping by. Brent, I'll see you uh, later in the week, okay? You will. Thank you for having me. That's going to do it for our show. Thanks so much again to everyone that tuned in and called into our show. For Tom Peavy, Brent Daughtry, and Lindsey Crosby, my name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day. Good day.